I'm going to start the show. I'm going to start it like... How am I going to start the show? I'm going to start it like this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And I'm Ian Boothby. And, you know, I was thinking about last week's show when I was editing last week's show. Mm-hmm. That made me think about it. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, it was in front of you. It was fresh in my mind. Do you ever think about like, mind. hamburgers while you're eating a hamburger? I do, quite a bit. Yeah. Almost always, mm-hmm. in fact. But I was thinking about... And one thing that was kind of, I actually kind of made it part of the... Um, Discourse? No, well, part of my description of the show. Uh, show notes was... Uh, I just like the fact, I was thinking about it afterwards and I was like, uh, there are three certainties in life, three things that will always happen. And one of those is uncertainty. Wait, what? That's implies that even what you're saying has no real, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Paradox. Well, not everything is uncertain, but there will be uncertainty in yeah. things. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you could, you could find a paradox in there. <laughs> that's, that was sort of interesting. Well, that's, uh, that's one of the things you also can be certain of is there's always going to be a paradox. Even when there isn't. Uh-huh. There you go. Wrap that around your brain. <laughs> Take it for a walk. And uh, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, I have other thoughts about it, but well, I don't know if we want to unbury that the, corpse. Well, I don't know. This is the kind of show that we, we do such a thing as either that or, you know, we talk about uh, the best, uh, like, well, who's got better chocolates, Australians or uh, Canadians? Australians. Okay, fair enough. The caramel uh, koala is pretty damn good. It's very good. I d- and I also like their choice. The choices they have in their like dairy milk bars. They have. I think they have better. Well, the one I like was kind of like a Turkish delight one. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's that does I'm, make some sense. <laughs> maybe that's where I'm kind of leaning here. F- fair enough. Yeah, leaning way over. I remember Turkish I had big delight. high expectations for a Hershey bar because we didn't have Hershey bars in Montreal, and then uh, someone brought one up from the states. I was like, oh, if I get to try this Hershey bar that mm-hmm. everyone's like been talking about. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's just a chocolate the, bar. Yeah. The one it with, really al- is just the a one chocolate with bar. almonds is better. Mm, okay. uh, but it's like, yeah, okay. And it was weird to me that the one with almonds had a very different design. Like the one that was plain, you could break into little squares. Yeah. And the one that was almonds was uh, all business, solid, one, one thing. <laughs> you break it, that's fine. It's up to you, but you break it how you want to break it. We're not telling you how to break it because you're an almond enjoyer. Hmm. Um, yeah, Mary uh, gets me my my full size chocolate bars for Halloween at a giant store. I won't name. We want to advertise them, although they have really great hot dogs. I'm talking about Costco. You're talking Giganto. <laughs> Gigant Gigantsco. And I actually this year I, I said don't get the Hershey one because I I feel guilty giving away like the milk and cream chocolate bars and stuff like that. Like who wants that? It's not even chocolate. It's like it's just sweet milk made into a bar. <laughs> What's the best uh, Canadian chocolate bar? Well, coffee crisp. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. With hands down to me. Yeah. It's odd that uh, um, Kit Kat tried uh, making their bar kind of coffee flavored a while ago. Mm. For a while. They were yeah, doing yeah, I a remember lot that. Experimenting. I remember that. And that was one of the things. And mm-hmm. uh, nope, no dice. People not, no thank you. And it's like, we love a coffee crisp. <laughs> How about exactly the same thing in Kit Kat form? Nope. It's, it's not because the Kit Kat is slightly, I don't know if it uses the wafer the way that the Kit Kat or the way that coffee crisp does. Mm-hmm. It's that wafer in there. With the with the the coffee slightly co- and also it's not super coffee flavored. Otherwise, I wouldn't like it very much. It was actually coffee flavored. No, no, no. It's I'd just be like the walking I- on the idea, the very idea it's a hint, of coffee. Yeah. It's a hint of like creamy coffee. Yeah, 
chocolatey, creamy coffee. It's a hint of that. And that it is a coffee is a gateway drug. Like if you, it, that's how people start to drink coffee in <laughs> Canada. They have a coffee crisp as a kid and go like, oh, maybe this is good. Yeah. And then they go, ah, and then too, too bad. You just keep drinking. I feel like coffee is something people do because they feel like they should. I do it because it's, uh, it's, you know, I can't be drinking Cokes all the time. Mm-hmm. And so coffee is, you know, there's a caffeine. It's warm. Yeah. If it makes you feel something. And I don't mean like as in like the, uh, you know, the caffeine uh, situation. But like it's warm because it's warm. It's like kind of a comforting feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I like hot chocolate better, but mm. I can't be drinking hot chocolate all the time. <laughs> no, no. That's you know, because, you know, yeah. life and you're uh, <laughs> an adult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Though I did just have a tea uh, party upstairs. Yes. You know, as you do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I I do enjoy tea when I have a little tea party upstairs and bring friends over. That's something we've been doing lately is uh, inviting friends for tea and just I'm making some sandwiches and we have some little snacks. And it's kind of a way to do something that is not expensive but is uh, a little a little nice, a little classy, a little yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's an excuse just to sit around a table and just, uh, hey, what are you been up to? And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Basically do a podcast but don't record it. Can oh, you imagine? What a waste. I know. Can you imagine? Yeah. What a waste <laughs> a of secrets. Intimate secrets. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a problem, Chris. If you want to have, have this to a conversation. tell them about my colonoscopy and like not get letters on it like, later <laughs> on. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Um, well, that's, that's the nice thing about tea is that it's, it's individual, you know, it's individual, you know, tea bags. So you can, if you, you don't have, you can have like a choice, you can have a selection of teas. Yeah, it's the illusion of choice. If you're like, hey, I got an Irish <laughs> breakfast instead of an English breakfast. Yeah, tell anyway. the difference, please. Yeah, tell me the difference. Well, the difference is an Irish breakfast is a shot of whiskey and a punch in the face. Oh. That's an Irish re- breakfast. Um, that's my, that's my joke on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. No, you know, uh, I found out expected. recently that I'm, uh, Irish, so... Uh, oh, you can say that now. So I can say that. Actually, I even said that kind of like in an Irish way. Oh, gosh, 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 uh, Yeah, I find that very offensive. Yeah, I'm sorry, because I have no Irish. That's okay. I have no Irish in me. No. Oh, Jesus, the, the oldest dirty joke in the world. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, but I do. That was one of the things, like, I know you're, uh, you were bringing up uh, the uncertainty thing, which was uh, kind of a Phil Stutz thing from last week, we were mm-hmm. talking about it, mm-hmm. and I was I was trying to say like uh, one of the things that he says to um, you know kind of make you feel better almost instantly. You know, yeah. it's like I need to do something, and and one of the things that is suggested like is first of all exercise, uh, yay, and <laughs> but one of the things is is also like when you start to get depressed, one of the things you do is you pull away from people, so you got to force yourself to actually you know, spend time with people. So he suggests, you know, inviting someone for coffee, even if you don't like them, it's still a healthy thing to do to like go for coffee with, with, with someone and be, uh, and be somewhat social. So, you know, that's something I'm thinking, even though everyone I I've invited to tea, I like, but having these kind of tea get together, yeah. you do feel better afterwards. You sure. feel, you know, yeah, yeah. it might be the caffeine energized might be, yeah. You just feel like, Oh, you know, you share where you've been and, uh, you know, especially this one I just had was like really, really sweet. The person mm-hmm. I was with had a lot of parallel, um, misadventures this year to what I had, but they felt kind of alone about it. And I think it was comforting knowing like, oh, no, no, people are going through this as well. Don't mm-hmm. worry about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were even talking about some of the hair loss situation they had. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I related some times that I've lost my hair due to stress and things like that. And they weren't super aware that that was a thing. And it was like, yeah, it's absolutely a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, we shared and we laughed and we had some tea and it was nice. Huh. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's, I mean, there's physical renewal, you know, like drinking the, having the caffeine, but there's also like the spiritual renewal of, of that experience as well. That also is invigorating, you know, maybe more important <laughs> than, yeah. than the physical. It's an excuse. Yeah. You know, getting together with people and just, and just talk. I mean, we do a, a very loose version of that here, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's comforting to people sometimes just hearing us talk and just hearing two friends talk about, you know, what they were up to and just their feelings about certain things. And then, you know, if they want to, they can participate in like through letters or what have sure. you. And uh, yeah, there's definitely uh, a comfort in community for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, it's one thing to say there's three certainties in life, you know, pain, uncertainty, and and constant work. But like I said during the show, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to wrap your head around that reality, you know. I think people, we, all people, have trouble moving past, like, saying something to actually, like, living something or at least, you oh, know, yeah. making that step to, you know, acknowledging, you know, that life. And I don't even know if, I don't even know if pain is the right word for that, you know, because there's so much can, that can be wrapped up in that too. Life isn't fair. Life is hard. Life is hard. You know, life is painful. Life is, you know, it could be disappointing. Uh, Robert Altman's great saying there are no happy endings, just happy stopping places. Because the reality is, is that life is sad. It's a, inevitably a tragedy. But then it's the same thing. There are no sad endings then? What's that? Are there no sad endings then as well? I guess there are, I mean, you can, it depends where you end. Yeah. You know, like if you end the sad I mean, ending. If you're saying like, yeah. the only thing that determines whether things are happy or sad is where you stop the story. Yeah, yeah. Then if there's no happy endings, then there's no sad endings either. Well, I know, I think that's the inevitable <laughs> end is a sad ending. Is it? Yeah. Well, why are you ending it there? Like, so, so. I mean, I'm just talking about real life, not just like. Uh, no, a, I'm talking real, art. I'm talking yeah. real life as well. Yeah. So where's the sad ending? Like, where's the sad ending? Well, I think, uh, what we can just say is married people that one of us will, Either one of us will be uh, sad if you're married. One of right. you will be sad. But that's at the, not an the very end. So, so you will uh, you will miss the person you're. But it's at. the end of a relationship. That is an ending. You know, I mean, in the in the sense of like the continued. But it's not communication though. and stuff like that. It depends. It depends what you call the ending it's, of the relationship. It's different. It's different. Oh, of course. But you can say it's not ending. But it's certainly going different. to be different. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, so say someone is a is a widower, mm-hmm. uh, the impact that the other person had on their life will continue on. Sure. Like you are you are a different person than you were before you met yeah, that but, person. But you'll miss that person. Oh even yeah, if, yeah. Even if be... even if they have impact on you, there's still the day to day physical contact and right. and communication. Yeah, and, and, and you will feel you will have uh, very sad times, mm-hmm. you know, and then you will have those times where you look over and you'll remember something about them and you'll laugh and you'll remember a story and it'll be happy. And if we want to end the story there, that's <laughs> sure. a happy ending. Sure. Uh, and then there's other, and then you'll look over and possibly if you have kids mm-hmm. and you'll go like, Oh, there's the, there's the grandkids and, and you're playing with the grandkids and that's happy. And that would only have happened through that relationship. So like, this is a happy ending because, you know, our relationship begat these, these, these wonderful grandchildren who are some of the most amazing people in our lives. Okay. Uh, or you see the influence they've had on the world around them and there's those, those kinds of things. It depends where, you know, you want to stop in your day, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but I can see, I can see the, the idea is like it's all, it's all sad, but 
you know, I know people who have lost their partners and they're not sad continuously. All no, the, no, all the you, time. I'm sure, I'm, I assure you get over, I'm sure you get over it over time. I don't think but, you get over it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, the, yeah. he, the wound heals over time and you can, you know. Well, it's like waves. I think, I think, you know, at some points you feel, you know, the pain and then yeah. at some points you feel gratitude and at some points you feel peace mm. and at some points, you know, you feel almost everything if it's a real deep relationship where you've sure. had all these levels, much like the relationship itself, probably everything in the relationship was not always like, Wee! <laughs> you know, and I don't know. That's true. Yeah. To be fair, the idea of uh, living in this world without my wife is uh, uh, just inconceivable to me. It's, at a, the moment. it's a painful thought. Yes. Yeah. More than more than death itself, the idea of having to be alive with her not yeah no i can't wrap my head around that thought yeah you know just it just no you can't you can't you can't because it's it's inconceivable (laughs) yeah our own death is sort of conceivable but we will push it away but it's hard to you don't even want to like well you won't be involved that's the thing it's like all all your responsibility (laughs) will be be absolved you'll be intimately involved for a short time and then yeah it's all over for you you don't have to worry about anything else yeah but not in the death bit that's the thing (laughs) once the death bit hits then it's like nothing no no more worries for you you don't have to deal with anything and you won't have to buy oh no christmas shopping is not a worry anymore you know there's some there's some positives to it Mm -hmm. as well so you know anyway everyone stay uh (laughs) stay healthy healthy and send and uh, and stay around exercise but uh so so okay so do you feel that uh with those uh, with those three inevitables uh or you know accepting accepting them it's not necessarily inevitable but like accepting mm-hmm. them uh that there's not enough uh of them for it to make sense or that's they're they're it's not really an accurate description well i think i mean to me it feels way, like i'm going to grab a document that basically is this written down? So oh, okay, sure. It'll just make, make sure that I get this. I feel like I feel like the descriptors are kind of uh, almost sort of random. Like you could use other words. Oh, okay. You know, or like I find constant work a little bit difficult because I think when when you say that, people are like, "What if they're really rich?" And you're like, "Well, you know." Have you? Do you know anyone who's really rich? I don't. Okay. Do you th- I, I I know some that are okay. I know people. Okay. Uh, I've told this story before where I know someone who's one of the biggest sitcom stars in Canada and, and he was invited to a party in, is it Point Grey? Is that the rich neighborhood? Yep, here? sure. Yeah. So he's invited to a one party of them. in Point Grey and yep. he's there with another guy who was one of the, uh, leads, uh, host stars of one of the biggest comedy shows in Canada. So the two of them were invited to this party. Mm-hmm. And, but the guy who owns the house and they're rich. They're comfortable rich. They're comfortably rich, yeah. Comfortably Canadianly rich. Yeah. But the guy who owned the house was fucking rich. Yeah. And and I've told you this before where they were looking out and they saw divers. Yeah. They were out in the water uh, in front of the house. and like, oh, why are people diving there? It's like, that's the security guards. Mm-hmm. Because they need security guards because people would come to break into the house because they have enough valuable stuff in mm-hmm. that they have constantly have to be surrounded by security guards. And that's a different level of rich. <laughs> yes. And, it is. and just hearing that, it's just like, well, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the kind of rich where you have to like, you can't just let your guard down at any yeah. point or people will come and, you know, take your stuff and kill you and kidnap you. So it's like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I don't, we've never discussed who we're talking about here. So I'm just guessing but 
This person has... I think you know who it is, probably. I'm just guessing. Oh, you mean the rich person? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know who the rich person is, but I, I suspect... I suspect I'm, that I know yeah, yeah. it. And what I would say is that this person is... So his his situation is different than what... When you think of like a really rich person, like like his... This person, if this person had children, his children would be the kind of people we think of as like rich people of that sort that don't have to do very much. Because this person made an empire. This person you know, took a simple thing and made it into a big thing and marketed it in a really smart way and made a lot of money with something that probably all of our listeners have at some point owned. Okay. You know I'm what I mean? of a different person, but go ahead. And so, um, you know, that person works. You know, he constantly works. Mm-hmm. You don't get to that level in your life without effort, you know, an intention to be where you are, you know? And so, um, that, I think when people say, what if they're rich? They're not thinking of that kind of person. They're not right. thinking of like a Warren Buffett or, or, uh, whoever, uh, Jeff Bezos or someone like that who has, you know, managed from a small p- beginnings to a very large, well, pl- uh, to a very I large. I mean, place. I don't know who it is. So, yeah. You know, but. The first person that came to mind when I heard about it was Jimmy Patterson. So, like, I thought, yeah, like, no, Jimmy, not... Jimmy Patterson is mm-hmm. uh, someone who owns car dealerships and is a billionaire. Jimmy Patterson's one of his kids was kidnapped. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like so. In that's in that scenario, mm-hmm. you're going like, oh, it must be nice to be rich. Yeah, but your yeah. daughter was kidnapped. So, yeah. like, after that occurs, mm-hmm. you know, can you ever relax in your life? Yeah, like knowing that, like, that's that's a possibility. And the thing that makes your child a target is your wealth yeah the thing that should protect you mm-hmm. and bring you comfort uh is the thing that endangered the one you love more than anything in the world yeah yeah uh yeah and you know that's a person also that like at least seems to always be working sure you know it's never really you know mm-hmm. taking a bunch of vacations and stuff i don't know yeah so what's the what's the point of uh, like not what's the point but where is the level where the work vanishes well, I don't think for those people the work ever van- vanishes because I think that's what their core part of the personality is, is that they're const- they are constant workers. Who so are need you thinking to- like a lottery winner? I'm thinking like not even a lottery winner. I'm thinking like the kids of a person like that. They're not, they're not, they're not wedded to the idea of hard work because they just grew up with all this. They just grew up with it. You know, they didn't, they didn't have to strive like their parents to, to reach this place. You know, so that, I think that's what people think about when they go, what if they're rich? I don't think they're thinking of like, uh, you know, an industrialist do or think, a, Do you think that, okay, so you're a kid of a, of a millionaire. Of course, that sounds like, hey, that's great. But if, but if you've never known anything different, mm-hmm. do you still have the same emotional palate as someone who grows up, you know, broke, like kind of poor? Uh, or I don't know what you would say regular. I don't know what you would count as that. But like someone who isn't rich, uh, do they do they grow up with the same emotional palate, so they have the same needs, desires, and drives? But because certain things have been, uh, you know, uh, sort of handed to them or mm-hmm. available, mm-hmm. they have to fill those holes with something more intense or deeper or what have you. They have to have some sort of sense of achievement. Some sort of sense of their own identity. You can't mm-hmm. just go like, I'm my daddy's kid and that's who I am. No, you gotta yeah. like be yourself and 
to a degree. Sure. So you have to rebel. You have to do things. You have to put your own mark on things. But then, how do you do that if you're if you're that? Mm-hmm. You know. And then you see all these kids who you know are the kids of rich people who seem like a real big mess. You're like, why? You've got everything. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know they have everything because they've never known anything. Yeah, ever. yeah. Their perspective is like is completely skewed. I would agree with you, but th- those problems aren't from constant work. They're from a different problem, you know, like they have a different experience. But now saying that, you know, it just depends on, you know, what we're talking about. I'm just, I- I'm just talking about this because I'm just saying what people, what pops in people's head when you say those words, constant work, their, their first thought, first thing they say to you, and I, cause I've talked to this other people. The first thing they always say then is, what if they're rich? And you're like, okay, like wh- what kind of rich? Like where, like where in like your imagination does this sort of wealth, how much wealth? Like what, who are they? What are they? Cause you know, like when we think of like rich, like preppy kids, like say New York kids, right? Sort of like in a Whit Stillman film, for instance, those kids, parents are high achievers right. because They're, they, they live in Manhattan. They live in, in, in expensive apartments. Those they kids live- though. In all of those stories, yeah. when you think of a preppy, obviously, yeah. you think they're in school, they're in college. Why? Why do they need to go to college? For what? For well, what, to what end? Be- because they, well, for most of them, their lives are mapped out to c- continue in the footsteps of their parents. So, so they'll have to work constantly. They'll have to be a lawyer. They'll have to yeah, be so a... Yeah, constant work. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. For All sure. Right. So who... Okay, so they are out of the mix. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. For so sure. who are we talking about? Like, we're, we must be talking about kids that don't have to go to college... Because there's no point in going to college because they don't have to work. Or they go to college and they just kind of like glide through it. They have they go join a frat. They okay. they get but other people still, to write their papers for them. Classes now they get now they have AI to do it for them. They just use an AI okay. function to make their but, do their essays but, and sure sure. But so they're so they're as as you know you might know is like sometimes you know uh, getting things to help you save time at work is its own work. It's <laughs> more work than work. But they're you, you yeah. see it's basically you're saying to me. That they're uh, getting help to make things easier to do their jobs, but that means then they're doing constant work. So, like, but they're finding a way around the constant work that mm-hmm. again would be work. They're still working. <laughs> All these kids that you're thinking sure, about sure. are in college. Yeah. But if they really are, you know, rich enough that money is no problem, yeah. Why go to college? What's the point mm-hmm. of going to college? Yeah, that's true. And yet, there it is. Yeah. In the, in the image that you have, the first thing that comes to mind is preppy. So it's like, yeah, uh, they're in the fancy well, school. Well, that's, that's where the name comes from because they went to sure. preparatory school, right. right? To prep prep them to go For to college. Ivy League schools. Yeah, yeah. Right. And because they're going to be a lawyer, which is one of the hardest working jobs that there is. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, well then, yeah. mm, that's not the example then, for sure. No, no, All right. I agree. Someone who basically gets up in the morning, goes for a swim, sits uh, <laughs> on the deck chair, yeah. reads a book. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a movie. Maybe they'll watch the movie in their private theater. Sure. Uh, maybe they'll hang out with some friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll, uh, you know, get someone to cook them some food. Okay, and that's that's who you're thinking about, someone like that. Yeah. But who is that? Yeah. I mean, you don't know them, and you wouldn't know them because they're not doing anything. So there's no reason you would know them because I'm they're sure, having no impact on the world. I'm sure people like that exist. Sure, sure. But you know, like I think you know, in terms of the 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 rule, I think. I wonder if like constant striving would be a better like some... striving means ambition. Ambition isn't necessarily the case. It can be yeah. you know work is different than ambition. Because mm-hmm. striving means moving ahead, and we're not necessarily saying moving ahead. Yeah, constant. I don't know. 
just a sense of like, even if you're not working, it's still hard work, you know. By the way, the three things that make you feel better. One is, uh, yeah, the exercise. So your physical body, that's, you know, know, uh, diet, exercise, and and sleep. Sure. Uh, Level two is people. That's the second level. It's like a little pyramid they got. Level two is uh, people, and that's hanging out with other people and uh sounds like a lot of work (laughs) yeah level three (laughs) is uh is uh you know um spending some time on yourself so that's like you know writing and journaling or just giving yourself some focus letting yourself Mm. you know kind of like you know uh figure yourself out and do things does, you know, does that uh, count for reading? Can you read? Is that yeah? You can you can read? Yeah, it's uh, it's they say it's like basically befriending your unconscious mind. You know, writing and journaling, writing about things. You know, really helps. Uh, you know, don't try to figure all the things out. Just let it go and just you know uh, write down how you're feeling more than trying to like solve your problems. You know, it's just like just acknowledge that you feel how you, how you feel. You know and. Uh, I think there's there's and this I'm now talking my own stuff here uh, is I think there's often a lot of shame that we have about how we feel and you know it's like uh, oh you think you got problems well I blah 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 you know it's that kind of thing so if you if you say that you've got anything wrong you know you 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 put yourself open to comparison to other people yeah. and you it's know, a lot of hard work this, as well. all, yeah they might yeah they might call you know. Uh, to call you out for your personal flaws it's like well that's because you're lazy well that's because you're this mm-hmm. you know your problem is this you've had it too easy you've yeah. had to do that <laughs> you know, blah, blah 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 whereas you know you just gotta like you know acknowledge you feel like you feel and that's how you feel and like you know let yourself you know be okay with you know you feel bad about how you feel or you feel good about how you feel and that's yeah. that's fine that's all right but we're very embarrassed about often how we feel <laughs> so we shut up and then everything goes boom yes that is that is uh, true. This was my friend who I was just having tea with, you know, mm-hmm. when she was getting into like some physical things that she had gone through this this year and was having problems with uh, vertigo and, and things because of an injury she had. And I've had vertigo this year as well. Yeah. yeah. And just when and I brought... And you're really mad because it's been knocked out of the top top number one good, film. Good, good. I find it very boring. That film. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, uh, but just when I brought that up, I could just tell like it meant a lot. You know, that was like, oh, yeah, 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 you got someone else who's saying, you know, that's okay. And she was then kind of allowed to feel how she felt, where there was an embarrassment to, you know, so I feel a little dizzy. So what? You know, it's you can't really, complaining about it makes you feel like a jerk, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, well, people don't want to hear it, so, because they have their own problems. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like, like, if you could just talk about your problems, then you could talk about your problems and then we could move move on after that yeah. and acknowledge the thing but like no nope, yeah. everyone's everyone's just you know keeping it uh, keeping it inside keeping it tight then uh, i guess oh, well i mean often you're you're talking to people at work and it's not the place for it so there's yeah. that too but i mean i have work friends that i'm pretty candid with we talk about things that you know do you feel better after you've done that i mean i guess there's a reason why you're telling people those things and i guess the reason is that you've I mean, it's not that I, I don't know if I feel better. Sometimes I just tell th- people things because I think it's interesting. Okay. You know, something that you've gone through or whatever, and you're like, oh, this is an interesting experience that I had. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. I've, um, as someone who is, like, not shy, but is introverted, it's, you know, like, to me, people are very tiring, you know? So, when i around people for a while, I need to, like, not be around them. Yeah. And I need to, like 
kind of hide for for a while. Do you feel bad about that? As in, like that's a weakness of yours, or is that no. just who you are? This is who I am. Yeah, there you go. That's number three on this list. Yeah, it's just going like that's who you are. Yeah, you go like all right. I hope I don't have to apologize for it. I don't know if people always understand like your need to like sort of disappear. It feels like that's the kind of thing people would apologize for. Mm-hmm. It's like I wish I could be at this party longer. I'm sorry. I just I gotta go. Yeah, you yeah. Uh, and and you know I could see how you could extend that to being this is a personal flaw of mine. <laughs> you know, but it's like no, this is just how it is. I need to go recharge. Well, I think party. What's nice about a party though, if it's a good party, is that you have a variety of conversations. You know, so at least you have something that kind of keeps. You, you know, it's not like it doesn't get boring. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like oh, still talking to this person about pool. But, you know, if you talk to them about pool or billiards for 15 minutes, you're like, well, that was really interesting. Let's talk about something else with someone else now. So that's fine. But, yeah, I think when you're, like, I go to my brother and sister-in-law's, they have an open house around Christmas time. And so there'll be a lot of, there'll be some people there that I know, and there'll be a lot of people there I don't know at all. all. You'll have to go in there and, like, take one item from their home, right? That's the open house? Yeah. Yeah, I look through their closets. Yeah. Um, but I just leave. I never say goodbye. Mm-hmm. I just exit. French exit. I do. <laughs> I didn't know it was called that until you told me that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I just leave because it's so hard to leave otherwise. Yeah, the German exit is where you take over the house next door. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> you annex the house yeah. next door. Yeah. Hmm. So I'll remember that. But uh, yeah, I just find that much easier to do in a situation like that where it is kind of boring to me because there are a lot of people I don't know. There's very little of of a Venn diagram of us like meeting anywhere. You know, like. You know, oh, you like movies too? No, there's no one there like that, or very what, rarely, or it doesn't come up. Anyway. What do you think makes? Okay, I ask you a big question. Sure. Here's a big question. Yeah. What makes a person boring? To me, what makes a person boring? I can only ask you. <laughs> <laughs> or you can say in general what makes a person boring if you want. To but me, rather, well, yeah, it's, it's my in my opinion what makes a person boring. <laughs> there's a couple of things that make a person boring. The f- most terrible thing about a bore is a person that they uh, have. They have no sense of humor. Okay. And everything they tell you is um, about themselves, you know? But it's okay. never but it's never like fun or funny. Like to me, that is the most boring person in the world. Like, Why are they telling you this about themselves? What do you think? Is it a control of the situation? I don't know if it's... I think it's just they want attention, you know? And so yeah. do you you're, think they think you're their victim. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they think the story is funny usually? And so? I don't know. If, I think, well, they'll laugh, but I don't think... Boars hardly ever have a sense of humor, so right. their laughter is just mechanical. They, they're like, oh, people insert laughter and they finish talking. I'll laugh. Okay. That's very boring to me. But also boring to me are people who are very basic, you know, like... Such as, such as how? Um, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. No, there's no... Okay, but people what did who you, are willing what did you to te- mean when you said that? that like you, you, had a, you had a feeling in your head, and I understand that you, yeah. you, you realize it's not fair, and so you want yeah, to be yeah. more realistic. But yeah. you definitely had like a feeling there of like what you really mean. So <laughs> what was it that you meant? Like that... What, by basic? Yeah. Like just they, that their tastes are that everyone else's tastes. Okay. You know, like... Unoriginal. Yeah, like if you're talking to them, you're going to say, oh, this movie, and they're going to be like, oh, I don't really watch those kind of movies, or I'm not really... You know, I just watch movies that star, you know, uh, Julia Roberts. Right. She's my favorite actress, and I, I only watch her movies. And you're just kind of like, all right, well, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know where we can go from here. But uh, but like to be honest, thing. but to be honest, those kind of people, even if that part of them is boring, if they have like a sense of humor about themselves and have good stories to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, 
then they're not boring. Really, the, the arch bore is that person who just wants to buttonhole you at a party and talk about themselves. But it's basically a lot of stuff about how great they are. Right. Stories that kind of couch how great they are. They don't come out and say, I'm really great. But they'll be like, oh, I did this, I did that, you know, and it worked out great, or everything went fine, you know, or the only th- problem was this other person, they really yeah. messed it up for me. And then I said to him, and I really hate that, you know, yeah. and you're like, oh, you really got that zinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, that to me is really dull. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't know, it doesn't re- work for me. Yeah, it comes to, 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 to me. You want to, you want to hear my opinion, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, good, good. Uh, am I boring? <laughs> this is a conversation. It's always weird when I hear that in a podcast. Yeah, but this is boring. Look, this is—it's a podcast, man. <laughs> Let they us can the fast judge. forward. There's, there's powers there. Um, uh, to to me, uh, it usually comes down to a lack of curiosity on the other person's part, and beca- and, and that like informs so much of it because mm-hmm. then they don't want to vary the story that they've already told because even if you then throw in new information. They just ignore it. Yeah, I was just at the airport the other day. And, uh, oh, I was at the airport, too. I was going to Hawaii, and it was really crowded there. It's like, okay, so now this person had a story they were loading up. Yeah, yeah. And they can either go like, oh, you were there you were there as well. What do you think of the new blah, 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 blah that's there? Yeah. You know, and now we can have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what they want. No, they want to tell the story they told, (laughs) and you've just, like, uh, added a a bump in the road. Yeah. Quiet. I'm telling this story. <laughs> exactly right. And usually, yeah. usually the reason is because they want to control the situation. Controlling the situation is usually because of fear, and they don't want you know they want to have control, and control is usually is usually that. But because yeah, they do, they don't have that curiosity, then you don't find the points of connection that the two of you have, and the points of connection that you have are where the humor comes out. Because mm-hmm. you know you will find something that you both do. Like uh, I was stuck in traffic. Oh, I was stuck in traffic on the way here. Yeah. So who were you stuck behind? I was stuck behind a guy who was doing. I was stuck behind a guy who was doing that. And now you've got a common thing. And now yeah. you're now we're bonding. Now we're you know we've got a lot of chance of like finding something funny because we're both connecting and also we're both in the moment. And I'm not just recounting. A time from years ago when this story that doesn't have <laughs> yeah. any relevance to us or yeah. impact yeah. occurred. Yeah. yeah. We've but, both been in that situation where we've like been listening to a person's stories for like a very long time. And, and, and my feeling, and you're getting annoyed by it. And my feeling <laughs> on it is just like, Oh, I wish I could find a way of like cracking this egg and like, yeah, yeah. just like, cause I know we could actually have a really interesting conversation. You know, if you just like, just give a freaking inch, but they, but they can't because, you know, they have to maintain dominance uh, mm-hmm. and hold court. And it's like, well, that's too bad. And yeah, and it's so exhausting to me, that sort of, of sort of thing. So I just have, I, I have trouble with that, you know, but that's all, all, all interaction to me ne- needs, needs alone time, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to end up going to this, uh, Burnsview open house that's happening in January. Okay. I'm probably going to end up going with my friend, uh, Eric. You're welcome to go if you want. Uh, but with my friend, uh, Eric, and both of us had a very bad time in junior high, but Eric want- went to Burnsview? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I he thought- went to, uh, both Burnsview and, uh, North Delta. Yeah. That's weird. I- yeah. I thought he was a Seascum guy because where, no, where no, he lived, no. where he grew up. Nope. nope. Oh, okay. So, yeah. We've, we've got a lot of parallel memories of, mm. uh, the same teachers and, and and whatnot. Interesting. But like, I I don't want to go there with like uh, expectations in my head of just like, and I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna do this. <laughs> like, I hope that I hope. I mean, obviously, I'm going in there a little trepidatious because it's mm-hmm. like, 
some very bad memories there in, in mm. that school. Mm. And I, I was saying to him, we should go like as kind of a shining thing and like, you know, just <laughs> deal with things as we go in. Yeah. Um, but I hope I'm open enough to uh, listen to people's stories. And, it's and more of a doctor sleep thing, actually. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is there a it's more of a Ready Player One version of The Shining. <laughs> Where there's a, everyone's waltzing with a corpse. What the hell was that? Um, yeah. So I hope I'm, I hope I'm like somewhat open minded, uh, to things and mm. not just going in there wanting to tell the stories that I'm going to tell. <laughs> like, that's no. right. I've come here for revenge. Yeah. That's right. Where are the people who did me wrong? Yeah. No, I'm just kind of curious actually about just seeing what the hallways look like, mm-hmm. what things actually look like. Yeah. Just, you know, getting an actual perspective on uh, what it, what it was like, but but I you know on the page uh, itself on Facebook, you know, there's there's people there like oh really super looking forward to it, and there's other people who are just like I went through this this this, this, this. and I'm like okay you're both absolutely right you're both right and both need to be acknowledged yeah that's fine I mean I went through this this and this and this there but I also would look forward to going back to it to be honest with you like oh well it's uh it's early January yeah well if you feel like it I'll. Let me know. I'll, I'll, I might just uh, meet meet up with you guys there. Okay. We'll go in together. We'll get stuck in the doorway together. What if you then uh, just start beating me up? Like, what? <laughs> it just it does Revert become a shining me. thing. And you just like start chasing me through the hallways. Yeah. Well, Nerd. if you could, if you could recreate my first grade eight dance and both you and Eric come drunk, that would oh, be great. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Did your date come drunk? Or no, I went. I was. I was date. This is grade eight. There was no dating for me anyway. Uh, no, I was going with two two friends, and they both showed up really drunk for this dance, and so and then the one friend decided eighth grade drunk. Yeah, yeah. Decided still on the finest liqueur. Yeah, schnapps. Remember <laughs> that? You know, they found in the bottom yeah. of their their parents' uh, drawer. Yeah. And um, yeah, the one guy decided it'd be a great idea to run off, and so he ran, but he tripped over the sidewalk and fell and like. Fell and scabbed up his arm and his face. Nice. And so he went, he went to the school dance, like bleeding from his right. face. Like and- a Batman villain who's <laughs> in the middle of his origin story. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, I kind of avoid. Actually, you know what? I think that was kind of like the the end of my association with those two guys. I kind of, I kind of ghosted them. Well. You'll be able to like, you know, talk to them again. <laughs> reunite, yeah. reunite. It'll feel so good. <laughs> Will it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sending you the invitation. It's, uh, yeah, we're, 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 oh man, there we go. Uh, January 5th. Mm. So it'll be in that weird period right after uh, the holidays where uh, it'll be nice and slushy and stuff. As a, as a Chalmers kid, we, we had it slightly differently because we started in grade seven at Burns U. Okay. But we were the only grade sevens there were the kids from, from the elementary school next to the high school. And yeah, grade tens feel really big when you're in grade, grade seven. It's not a, you know, it's not. It's uh, an enormous age difference. Yeah, it is. And it, uh, there was a lot of, you know, people flipping books out of your arm and stuff like that as you're walking down the hallway. And, you know, cool. just little cool pretty, cool, pretty cool things. Like, I mean, he has big giant guys, you know, like, really, is this what you're going to waste your time doing, you know? Here's a weird thing. Think of, okay, think of like uh, one of the, why am I talking like this? <laughs> there we go. Um, so think of the big guy the, from school, mm. like one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll even go like high school. Think of one of those guys. Now picture yourself now as a grown man. Yeah. And like thinking about how big do you think that person was in real life, in real perspective to you right now? Were they still towering over you or like if, they like? At my age now? Yes. If you saw, if you saw this uh, hulking mountain of a man, this Paul it was, Bunyan. You know what? I was dastardly Dan. I wasn't that, Dan dastardly. 
Dastardly Dan. Who was it? Who's the guy from the Beano? I I think it was Dastardly Dan. Dastardly yeah. Dan. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they were that much taller than me, to be honest, because I pretty much had done my growing by the time I was okay. in junior high school. But they they psychically towered over me, you know, like they had okay. they had adultness to them that I didn't have. The way they dressed, the way they carried themselves. Yeah, as you've you mentioned, know. they some of them had full beards. Like, yes, especially when you got to, to grade twelve, like grade eleven, right. to, to like grade twelve and stuff like that. Full beards. They're they'd just... be, yeah, there'd be guys there. I mean, they just might have been like hirsute people. Like they just happened to have to be able to grow beards at that age. Like you know, I was. I still can't really grow a beard very well. I'm right. I'm just. I'm. I'm late. Late of whisker. Yeah. Uh, you know, a razor blade lasts for me like months. Mm-hmm. I'll just shave with the same razor blade for months and months. And I have the one that my father taught me to shave. <laughs> Still have it. <laughs> and I just have like, because I, I'm signed up to the, one of those, uh, like Harry's or whatever. Yeah. I have like this teetering pile of razors and razor blades in my, of in my medicine cabinet. Of course you have. Uh... Because they keep sending them to me and I keep, I keep like, I did pause it one time for like nine months. Yeah. But then they just started again after nine months and I, I keep forgetting to repause it. And now I've, now I've got the girls to buy the, the razors as well, so I just give them the blades. Oh, okay. Well, you can get them at uh, the drugstore now, so you don't yeah. have to like get them online. Yeah. So I just said, get the go buy one of those razor blades, or like the razor, and I'll just give you the blades. Nice. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think it was more like a like an intimidation thing, not not a, like a true height dif- differential, you know. But I was probably like much skinnier than them, you know, and I hadn't fully developed yet. Yeah. You know, you're still grade seven. You haven't hit puberty, really. So yeah, you feel you, you seem like you're a different animal, than, yeah. a different species mm-hmm. than uh, this guy who would just go and probably bend metal with their hands in metal shop. Yeah, and they call, they're all in metal shop. <laughs> you're a big guy. You should go uh, do metal shop. All right, then that's where they go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think it's testosterone. <laughs> I was just gonna say, it's, it's sort of water finds its level. You know, I think that's just where. What they're interested in and where they kind of end up. People, mm-hmm. some, you know, not everyone's like that. Like, there's people who are small and working in the shop as well, but they're not the ones that like you notice because of their towering. I, I, I really <laughs> the wish there was a, a thing like a wood shop, where it's like, uh, but just for people who aren't good at it, just not that good at it. Like, yeah, that's the that's your the kind of explorations part of the <laughs> of yeah. your journey when you did like you made a, a some sort of a napkin holder or something like that well we i remember class. we made a bookshelf and i really i like it was the it was the only thing like i made that was a uh, very small bookshelf very yeah. small bookshelf yeah. and it was like one well, of the only things that like i i got sort of right and i was like hey you know what maybe mm. i'm all right at this and he had to stain it and i stained it and then i hit it with my elbow it <laughs> fell in the sawdust and then it was ruined and it was just like fuck it forever <laughs> fuck it whereas everyone else was like making just beautiful amazing mm. You know, sculptures and shit. Well, it felt like, like okay. that, of course. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and it felt like there was nothing in the class that was designed to make you better. It was just like, come no, it's in true. here yeah. and let's see if you're good at this already. <laughs> Much like guitar lessons, you know, it was like, all right, come on in and we're going to learn guitar. Can you play guitar? No. Well, what are you doing at guitar lessons? I want to learn to play guitar. No, this is for people who can play guitar. What? This is a guitar class at school, right? Yeah, guitar yeah, class. Yeah. It was just yeah. like, and then, so the the people that were rewarded in guitar class were the people who could like already play guitar. I was being rewarded in French class because I could speak French, mm. you know. And I was like, okay, but this isn't helping me to learn more French. <laughs> like, what do you say? This is all just acknowledgement. This isn't learning. Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, I felt that way about art as well. Like, you know, you're good at drawing, right? Yeah, you're good at drawing. You should right. take art classes. Yeah, go go draw there and make other people mm-hmm. feel bad. But yeah. 
like, and so, so then you're like, well, you can't just take all drawing. You got to take sculpture. So I took sculpture. I didn't know anything about sculpture. Well, you're not going to learn it there. No, That's you're not. Gonna, what do you come to school to learn? I learned to make really interesting uh, shapes out of out of uh, like soft stone, whatever we used. Yeah. Well, that... do, you, do you know math? <laughs> nope. Oh well, too bad. Yeah. Tough shit. You better learn it all. I'm going to tell it to you all like real fast. Uh, and here's here's like how uh, calculus works. Oh, all right. Okay. Did you get it? No, because oh, too bad. We've moved on to the next <laughs> thing. It's going to build on the thing you didn't understand yesterday. Ugh. Okay. Fine. One thing I've noticed. One thing I learned at work actually is because at work I have to write a lot of numbers down onto things, whether boxes or doors and and or track or whatever. And I've noticed that I have a little bit of dyscalculia where I will accidentally invert numbers when I'm writing stuff down. Because mm. the other day I was we were loading someone and we were looking for these doors, and I was like, I said to one of the guys, I said, "Oh, go look. I think those doors are over there." And so they went and looked. They came back and said, "Oh, they're not there." So then we continued looking everywhere, and I was like, "I'm pretty certain those are the doors." So I walked over and I was like, "These are the doors." <laughs> Come on, like so I just pull him over, and he said, "Oh, I was looking at that number there, and I look up, and it's my writing, and I had written the number down wrong." So that's what he looked at, and just went, "Oh, okay. they're not the right number." I just inverted a zero and a four, and I just said, "Oh, I apologize." Of course, I wasn't up mad at him or anything, but in my mind, I was mad at him, so I had to forgive him in my mind. I got super stumped yesterday writing some pitches for an animated series. You got stumped. I got stumped. Like, uh, in terms of, like, themes or, or topics? I'll t- I'll, I'm going to tell you. Okay. Now, again, I signed NDA, so I can't say what this thing is, and I haven't gotten any work with it. They're just basically trying me out on mm-hmm. this thing. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. what it, We'll see. Um, but here's the thing. Um, without saying what it is, and you, I'm glad I won't say what it is because uh, it's pointless. Like, it's pointless. It's a series <laughs> that, like, has these uh, moral lessons about okay. the characters, sure. which, you know, uh, that's okay. I guess. Things like, no, no, things like, you know, there's a lot of shows that have moral lessons. Spider-Man has moral lessons. I'm fine with Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> and, and what have you. But because it's got no actual point to it, like it's all just the moral lessons, there's nothing to it. And so because there's nothing to it, the Bible, which is what describes what the show is and the characters are and what have you, is nonsense. <laughs> like it's just filler nonsense. Huh. And when you were talking math, mathematically it makes no sense these characters don't really relate to each other you've just said some arbitrary things Mm -hmm. about these characters randomly and almost are loosely doing what people always do which is make them the teenage mutant ninja turtles like this guy's the bossy person this one's the inventor this one's the party dude okay this one's this i was like okay all right i i get i can sort of think of them as the ninja turtles uh, why are they friends? And they mention why they're friends, but it makes no sense. Like, cause it does make no sense cause there's nothing to it at all. <laughs> and then you've got to like pitch ideas based on not like, just like, here's some interesting ideas for stories as in like, it'll be fun to see them do this. It's like, okay, so knowing what their characters are, they've all got to come to revelations about, you know, uh, you know, life and what have you built based on these character descriptions. There's no character descriptions here. <laughs> These are just generic ramblings. Yeah, you've, yeah. Just, you've just put filler in here. It's all filler. <laughs> None of these numbers yeah. add up to the other numbers. You've just randomly filled the equation with numbers, and none of them relate to each other. And now you've asked me to do math. And if you're, 
I, and I'm good at math in this kind of thing. I'm really good at like taking two characters that are there and finding something between them that maybe you haven't seen before. And wh- how would they compare and contrast and relate? And in fact, I like had a meeting like earlier that day about someone else with a different project. And I was able to do a lot of that of just like, you know, this character says this, but they probably then would relate to this character who did. Oh, like, oh shit, that's right. So they would have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all makes sense. And the math makes sense. But when you get someone who's putting together a show where they're just filling it up to mm. fill it up, mm-hmm. oh my god, I was just so stumped. <laughs> I was just so stumped because I was trying to make it make fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. And the truth of the matter is, what I should have been doing is just going, I don't care, and just like just writing stories randomly that have nothing to do with the characters. Yeah. And then at the very last thing, say. And of course, that's why they learned the lesson about, you know, Sharing. say no to, you know, sugar. <laughs> like, because of course, you know, he's the party dude. Mm. Oh, I see. He said he was the party dude because we said he was the party dude. He clearly knows his characters. <laughs> but of course, I'd just be lying and full of shit. So yeah, it was, uh, it was bad, bad math in the characters mm. that like really messed me up. So I was just thinking of that when you said, uh, you know, uh, when we were talking about that. Well, that's interesting, and the idea that yay, I'm interesting. <laughs> you know, you're interesting. I hope. Uh, I'm very interesting. You're able to talk uh, about stuff for two and a half hours, and apparently, people still listen, and then occasionally send us candy. So we're doing something correct. Yeah, it's working out. Working out for us so good. Yeah. Um, Other people send us cookies in the designs of our show. Yeah, but I wonder if, like, even to kids, if. If things like, you know, friendship is, is, you know, friendship is magic or whatever, if that really does make sense to them, because friendship isn't magic. Like friendship is choosing, you know, you make a conscious choice to be friends with people, you know, and you make a conscious choice to not be friends with people. And I don't mean you be mean to them or don't like them, but they're just not, you're just not simpatico for whatever reason. Yeah. And you're not going to hang around with them. Like know? it makes, okay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, as in they're brothers. Yeah. Like, well, why are they living together? Because they're brothers. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're very different. They're brothers. <laughs> That's right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, they weren't, they're not going to agree on things, but they're still going to be family and they're going to have to work together. Yeah. And also, someone's probably going to be threatening their lives this week. So, you better bond or you're going to die. Sure. Yeah. This all plays out. Logically, mm. it's fine. And the conflicts between their characters, you know, make sense. And, uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You know? All right. I got gotcha. you. But if it's all just like random, just a random assortment of people who are just yeah. together for no real why reason. They, yeah, why, why, why are, are they friends? Yeah, why are they friends? Yeah. Why is party dude, you know, uh, really good friends with uh, the guy who's like super aggressive and all this. Like, wouldn't party dude just want to go and find a party? Yeah. And find other party dudes? Other party dudes, you yeah, know. Yeah, what's, what's the situation? Sure. Well, because he lives in a fucking sewer yeah. and he's a turtle and so he can't go to a party. <laughs> all right. Asked and answered. That does make some sense. His dad's a rat. Okay, he's not getting invited to a lot of parties that's the problem yeah 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 and his dad's a stern disciplinarian yeah it's uh yeah it doesn't it's uh odd to me you know because you curate your life and this idea that for the most part we curate our lives and 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 the idea that like it's just like supposed to be random or like everyone will be your friend everyone can be your acquaintance but not everyone can be your friend there's differences i think you Mm -hmm. know and yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's conceivable to go like there's something you can find to like about everybody if that is what your goal is. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you want, if you want to do that, then that does make sense. Of course. I think when you get into you get problems like uh, if you got like the Transformers mm-hmm. and uh, there's uh, infinite Transformers 
And like, well, they can't have relationships because there's it, there's too many of them. Yeah. So what's the guy who turns into an ambulance like with the guy who turns into a microscope? Do they do research together? Do they know? Eh, no. <laughs> you know, we sort of know what yeah. Optimus Prime's deal is. Sure. You know, and but uh, they're like they're like a, an embattled group, right? So they're kind of it's their struggle that keeps them together. Yeah. Even though they're all different, they have like a they're unified by their by their you know constant warfare with these other things that are you know united by their constant warfare with these other people right know? and you can then kind of like go with war and go like yeah. okay so does one of them not want to fight does mm-hmm. none of this and like, maybe but there's just so many of them that <laughs> you know and i know we got to sell a lot of toys yeah but like what's 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 that like what's their relationships with each other well it doesn't really matter well mm. then it doesn't really matter yeah it's fine yeah all right then who cares <laughs> I don't know what the the one that turns into a helicopter is. He friends with the one that is the other one that turns into a helicopter. Do they know each other? What's their deal? Did they both like scan the same helicopter and make a decision? Uh, I, I don't know. I saw a trailer the other day for the new Transformers movie, and it looks like Optimus Primal is in it, who is a Transformer who is a uh, ape. Optimus Primal. Yep. And uh, I am uh, I am an, uh, an acquaintance of the original voice of Optimus Primal. Oh, really? Yep, Gary Chalk. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I know Optimus Primal. You know Optimus Primal. <laughs> yep, well, that's great. That's great. And that's going to be like a Mike, not a Michael Bay film, but like out of out of that yeah. aesthetic, out of the ashes of Michael Bay. <laughs> I don't the... know. Maybe it'll be a Michael Bay film. I'm not sure. I think he's kind of moved on, hasn't he? Like he still has like a production. It's still his production company that's involved, or whatever it's called. Does he make? Does, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you don't move on when each of those movies makes a billion dollars. Maybe you just go, you know, I'm okay with this. I'm fine <laughs> but with did, I don't think he did the last one. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know for sure though. So I'm not way a, to find out. I guess. I guess guessing guesswork is the only way to find out. Just to surmise off the top of your head. That's the only way I can think of how we would know this. I can't think of any other way. Right. Uh, you know, other than us just yeah. By the way, I, I watched. Um, I watched uh, two episodes of the new Willow series the other day. Okay. And uh, gun to my head. And please don't put a gun to my head. <laughs> okay. But gun to my head. Yeah. I could not tell you what the plot of Willow was. And I've seen Willow. <laughs> what, the original movie Willow? I've seen or it the... twice. Okay. I've seen it twice. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't... I think Willow's a sorcerer. Yeah. And I know that Val Kilmer's character is great because I know in the trailer he go, uh, Willow goes, you are great. Mm. I'm like, there. That's all, that's all I know. In the original Willow. In the original Willow. So yeah, there's yeah. like a continuation of, of this, the movie now, right? There's like a new yeah, Willow. It's years later. Yeah. And, it's called uh, Willowed. Right. And they're yeah. definitely making references to the yeah. movie. And, you know, it's just like, look, I've still got the wand. I'm like, oh, if I remembered what this was, that would certainly be a thing. But I'm very much in the same situation as when I uh, watched the Dark uh, Crystal TV show. Mm. And it was like, oh, there's the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was in it right the old woman who's like crazy okay so what's happening this is a prequel what the shit well what happened in the movie well how come we have to watch? oh so i don't really have to see the movie to, to watch the, well dark the crystal yeah you don't no you can watch the, i've never seen it it's brutal like it's a it's a brutal 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 yeah. if you want to see muppets bleed that is your <laughs> fucking show it's not something i've ever wanted to do i no, guess no, but. No. okay so michael bay uh directed transformers transformers revenge of the fallen of course he did. transformers dark of the moon transformers sure. age of extinction of course he did. and transformers the last night yeah did not direct the bumblebee spin-off movie. Oh, okay and so he's in he, most of them then 
Yeah, and, and wow. the one coming up is Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. And he's doing that one as well. No, that okay. is uh, Stephen Capel Jr. Don't don't think that it's Stephen Capel. Yeah, don't get it mixed up. No, but he did uh, he did work on uh, Creed Two. Well, Creed Two was fine. There's no Creed. But he didn't direct it either. It was still Ryan Coogler who directed Creed Two. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. I know I am. Okay. And then there's an untitled prequel film coming up. But yeah, I'm assuming... For Transformers? For Transformers, yeah. Hmm. You will finally get the uh, story. The whole story. Yeah. They haven't been telling it every movie? No, I don't think you... About the spark or whatever and all the rest of it. All right, let's take a look here. I'm afraid I found those films terribly dull. I could even get through them with riff tracks. Okay, it is Optimus Primal, yeah, who's going to be played by Ron Perlman. As you do. Yeah. What else are you going to do? So you got Optimus Primal. Yeah. Uh, well, his voice will be. He will not be literally playing yeah, he Optimus He's Primal. He's going to put on the, He's He's gonna go put on the whole costume. Um, <laughs> Michelle Yeoh is going to be playing Air Razor. Okay. Who uh, is a Falcon. Sure. That's okay, I guess. I guess, you know, well, she should get. I mean, it's just like cash in. Then they also have Rhinox. Okay. And uh, Cheetor. I like Cheetor as a name. Cheetor, yeah. Yeah. Cheetor is a good name. Uh, yeah, that's where you got Optimus Primal and Optimus Prime in the same movie. <laughs> oh, and Pete Davidson is playing Mirage. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. That's that's fine. <laughs> and uh, John DiMaggio, hey, I shared a stage with him once and didn't oh, yeah. a word in edgewise. Uh, it's Stratosphere. <laughs> Speaking of boars. Who's a cargo plane. Okay, there we go. All right. Sounds, sounds like a movie I will not see. No, I might see it just because, you know, a Transformer who's like a, an ape, maybe. Maybe I'll see that. I didn't care for, uh, you know, when I saw like there was one that connected with King Arthur. It was like, nope, 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 nope. That, that was, was the last night, right? Yeah, that was the last night. Uh, uh, about last night. About last night. Yeah, it was Jim Belushi. And uh, <laughs> no, I don't know who it was. Yeah. But about last night was a Jim Belushi movie, right? Was it? I think so. Wasn't it like an ensemble? Yeah. Okay. But, you know. He's in it. But uh, there's other people, too. I think he was in the Broadway uh, production. I see. And uh, and then there is this, was... Is this what brought him to movies? I think, I think, what, ha- I think what brought him to movies was his brother. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going like... We oh. need a John Belushi type. Who can we get who's a John Belushi type? Oh, that's just sad. It's so sad. All right, about last well, night. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's what people were thinking. Wait, did they remake it? Yeah, they remade it. Because uh, I was okay. All right, because Kevin Hart's in the remake. Mm. So yeah, uh, about last night it was a uh, it was uh, Rob Lowe, Demi Moore, Jim Belushi, and Elizabeth Perkins. And if I'm getting mm. it right, I believe it was yeah. There we go. It was uh, based on the play, the Mammoth play, Sexual Perversity in Chicago. Oh, uh, that's right, Chicago and Chicago. But in the yeah. play, mm. uh, Jim Belushi is the raw below type, uh, who is the, oh. you know, is handsome Pete and, you know, yeah. uh, is a sexy fella. And uh, you can be sexy on stage, but you're not movie sexy. <laughs> he was Chicago sexy. Your, your yeah. character actor in movies, yeah. move it aside, <laughs> we're bringing in raw below. And uh, there you go. And then they remade it, it looks like, with unless they just used the, the title uh, for a movie with Kevin Hart. Hmm. Yeah, there we go. And uh, very little to do with the Transformers film. <laughs> well, it got us off the topic of Transformers. It did. And that's the best. That's the best. The gift. Right. The greatest gift of all. Hopefully we're not boring. Yeah. 
Were we boring there? Were we boring talking about Transformers? I feel like it's we're being curious make... about all these things, and so mm-hmm. hopefully that uh, uh, takes us away from our the liveliness. Of, uh, our liveliness tra- transmits to people. Mm-hmm. We've had the creator of a Transformer uh, on our show. Yes, that's true. We have had a creator of a Transformer on our show. Yeah. Yes. Shane McCarthy. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know, but they don't. No, no, they knew. Oh, really? Were yeah, they yeah. listening uh, yeah, they 10 listen. years ago? Yeah, they were listening <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh, my Probably. God. Yeah, that's, that was about 10 years ago. Yeah, he created more than uh, 10 years Drift, ago. the uh, um, Decepticon that becomes an Autobot. Oh, really? Yeah, makes a choice. Oh. Yeah, and he's also a samurai. He's also a kind of Tokyo drifting car. Oh, I thought Drift meant he kind of drifted into being an Autobot. Both. Oh, okay, okay. Double meaning. <laughs> And then they had him as a character in the movies and uh, some questionable choices in his design. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one my friend saw, saw in the movie was like, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! And then, uh, yeah, there you go. Huh. Yeah. Was his, uh, was Drift based on the last of the V8 Interceptors? Let's say yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's a line from uh, Road Warrior. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Australian reference, Jane's Australian. Oh, that would be a good crossover. Road Warrior and the Transformers? That would be kind of cool. Yeah, you don't realize that the cars they're driving are actually Transformers <laughs> because they've run out of whatever the All Spark or whatever yeah, it is yeah, as well. Yeah. And then at one point, uh, Max uh, does something and uh, it comes to life. Mm. Ooh, that'd be, that'd be all right. Mm. Yeah. Did I tell you my theory on cars? The movie Cars? Yeah. Uh, that that takes place after humans have died, sort of, but also something else. Okay, go on. My theory. Tell on, me more. My theory on cars is that uh, yes, Oops. it does take place after humans are gone, mm-hmm. but yeah, they are toy cars from the Toy Story universe. So when humans are gone in the world of Toy Story, uh, all the toys come to life, and they're cars. So when the humans are no longer around, I don't think that works. They why why doesn't it come because in? it doesn't make sense like in terms of like environment like How so? size and everything like it feels like they're full size cars okay. occupying a, a you know a world that's right. But know. here's the thing about okay. about them yep. is uh, they're toy cars. Yeah. Okay. Now all the worlds that you that you're seeing everything is scaled to their size, mm. but there are toy car things that are scaled to their size yeah so over time they built this little world for themselves made of the old toy bits because they don't like go in and actually fill themselves up with gasoline <laughs> you know n- you never see them like yeah, taking their yeah. mouths and taking the gas pump and then going paying the the gas car that's behind a gas counter yeah no they're all fake everything that they have around them is all uh just also Whoa. toy it's like barbie's fun home you know, type thing. It's Hot Wheels sets, mm. but they're all basically Hot Wheels that you know the people have all died, so they get to be alive all the time now because there's no one to spot them. But they're uh, from that uh, universe. That's my theory. Hmm. So, is there like constantly those little spinning uh, rubber discs that they kind of drive through to give them more impetus to keep going? Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you know this is something interesting? I was listening to this one talk one time. They're talking Please. about the idea of shrinking someone down. Okay. And they're saying, like, if you were, like, a small person, like a very small person, you couldn't light a fire because you couldn't create enough friction. How uh, small would you have to be? I think they were thinking, like, in terms of, like, you know, like, say the size of, like, one of your fingers or something like that. Like, if you shrunk down to that size. Why could you not? Because you can't make enough friction to to actually make a spark. If you had a match 
So you're saying you have a match, yeah, and you're that small. Can you uh, maybe a mat, maybe a match would work, but yeah, you would be able to like make a fire, like like you know, with like a stick or whatever, like the way we could like rubbing a stick t- into uh, a, a piece of flint at, that was small. Could you use a piece? No, of flint? I don't think uh, as the way he was describing it. I don't, I don't know if that would work. Yeah, he was just saying, yeah, you couldn't the physically, the physics wouldn't work to uh, at that size. I've heard. Uh, so that whole movie downsizing is ridiculous. Yeah, get, get your act together, downsizing with your second Although, season that never happened, I guess. Oh, no, no, the, mo- the movie, downs- isn't that what it's called, Downsizing? Yeah, or- Matt Damon, right? Matt Damon, yeah. 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 I like that movie. Yeah, it's fun. Is it a movie? Mm-hmm. It's a movie. It's, it's not a movie. A it's not a TV show. show, yeah. feels like a TV show. Does it? It really does. I, I, I don't know why. Maybe I saw it on TV. <laughs> that, that'll do it. <laughs> that probably gave you the impression. It's the kind of thing that feels like, yeah. you know, that's like a six-episode series on... You know, prime. Mm, too long. Too long. Yeah. A bit too long. Yeah. It's a perfect length. There's a movie. <laughs> Anything more would be. I think uh, I watched Gaslight, and I think that was eight episodes, and uh, maybe too long. Maybe too long. Maybe it was five episodes. It'd be nice and tight, mm. and that would be. What was Gaslight? Be... Gaslight was about the Watergate uh, break-in and oh, the uh, okay, people okay. involved in mm, it. John mm. Dean. Yeah. And uh, Martha. I'm not sure. Martha the Mouth, uh, <laughs> the woman who uh, was kidnapped uh, to uh, kind of shut her up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and she was the wife of one of the people, right? Yeah. That was yeah. Julia Roberts plays her. Sean oh, uh, Penn is her is her husband in mm. lots of makeup. <laughs> uh, the fellow from Legion, uh, Dan Stevens, yes, Dan Stevens uh, is John Dean. Okay, uh, one of the people from um, Glee. Glee? No, sorry, uh, Glow. Oh boy, if Glee and Glow uh, <laughs> uh, is a is a, plays a, his wife in, in that uh, very much her own character, uh, and and yeah, Patton Oswalt's in it. A couple other comedians. Hmm. This is good, hmm. really good. But yeah. five five shows good. Yeah, I'd say that mm. that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 nice because you see like the and, and I'm trying to think like who plays G Gordon Liddy, but he kind of steals the show. It's just a Dave real Thomas. Nut. Dave Thomas plays so him. good. He is the best G Gordon Liddy. There's no two ways about it. SCTV. But if you're scoring at home, put write that on your bingo card, please. Speaking of uh, SCTV, yeah. Uh, I and I sent you this. I believe I sent you this. You did, and I have not watched it. That's but okay. You did send it to me. But uh, I saw this thing called The Last Polka, which was about the Schmengi brothers. Okay. Uh, Josh Schmengi and Stan Schmengi. Uh, and they on the SCTV they play polka songs mm-hmm. and they're. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, but John it, Candy kind of carries the f- character over to Home Home Alone, I think. Oh, is that right? Isn't he like a polka guy that is driving uh, Catherine O'Hara's? Character? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I don't remember much. He doesn't about have Home the Alone. accent though, but yeah, yeah. I only consider Home Alone three canon. Uh, I, I don't know about the other movies, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they're fine. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, it was called the Last Polka, I guess, based on the Last Waltz. Yes, documentary. I get it. And uh, it was had all the. Uh, SCTV people in it, and I was mm. like, "How do I not remember this?" Yeah, was this like an episode of? Uh, it must have been know, the NBC one. No, oh HB or the sorry the Supermax or whatever. It was there. It was its own thing. It was oh, its wow. own little uh, film that I've they, never seen they it. made. I know. Well, now you have because you've got it. <laughs> you sent it to me. I sent it to you. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you. Okay. I think it was on whatever, wherever they were showing. Was it like Show Showtime? Or? I think it was like Supermax or one of those kind of things. Like that yeah. one of those channels. Yeah, that's what I remember it being on. Yeah, the last they could do a little bit more risque, or maybe they were required to. I remember they did a parody of Das Boot as Das Boobs, and all the actresses were wearing push-up bras. That's, yeah, that was it. Was okay. It was on HBO. 
Mm. And uh, it came out in... Uh, but not HBO in Canada, though, because HBO, HBO did not exist in Canada at that time. It was... Fair enough. That's why I said super, Supermax. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, they, it was its own um, you know, little uh, special slash movie. And yeah, they had uh, Rick Moranis, Catherine O'Hara, and Robin Duke were in it mm. uh, as well. And uh, it was written by John Candy and uh, Eugene Levy. And yeah, wow. so it's, wow. it's worth, a, worth a watch. That sounds great. I watched uh, an SCTV the other night where it was the Schmengies doing a salute to New Wave music. <laughs> Okay. And uh, they were playing um, Billie Jean. Oh. And I was like, boy, how much was that? That's yeah. how, that seems expensive. Yeah. Uh, they didn't play a lot of songs, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I was like, Whew. And then, of course, in this, uh, one of the things uh, they have is uh, they're, they're, uh, they have on uh, their big sign that says, uh, Tonight, Michael Jackson. In very, 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 very tiny letters, the Schmankies have a tri- tribute to Michael Jackson. <laughs> I think it's probably cheaper to to cover the song. It would be very expensive to have the Michael Jackson version. Okay. But if you do if you do your own version, it's cheaper. All right. That's something they do a lot in rap music now, like our hip hop music, where if it's too expensive to 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 license the song itself, they'll do an interpolation of it where they'll just play what they want of that song and pay for the 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 lesser rights, the lesser oh, publishing okay. costs. All right. That way, because they did. I was watching it. And I was like, "Boy, that seems to be." Yeah, it would be. Yeah, because I think the the real problem with the show was the use of actual music, not the use of their own uh, covers of stuff. But because they used actual songs, mm-hmm. that's where the original rights issues were that kept it off of uh, home video for so long. It was just no one wanted to go to the trouble of ironing all that out. Yeah, it's the um, WKRP issue. Yeah, and it's not impossible. Nope, then WKRP, uh, it's fine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just takes someone who goes, well, maybe there's enough money in this to make it worth our while to, to do the music, get the, the rights all cleared away. Cause it's more, it's just, it's just clearance. Like it's, like no one's gonna say no, because they just want the money. Here's yeah. a dumb question. Unless they're their owner, unless they're all the people who own the, re- the record of the Edmund Fitzgerald. In which case, because so many people own it, they can never, mm-hmm. no one can ever license the actual song. Yeah, that is the biggest disaster about that. <laughs> it's a big the, disaster. Right. Um, here's a question that's a dumb question. Is it? Yeah. I'll be the judge of that. So how, okay. So how come, uh, so, all right. So you got like a WKRP or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we want to, but we want to put it back on the air. Oh, the music rights are so expensive. It's not that they're expensive. Okay. It's so complicated. Oh, okay. Because my question would be, if they were so expensive, and I, I guess you're now telling me I'm wrong, yeah. then how can something like a Spotify, you know, pay a sliver of a penny mm-hmm. every time? Well, because they have the, arrangements with the, with the owners of the publishing. Right. Right. It's the music companies that that are licensing them at that cost because... So it's a very different rate. Yeah. Because to them, like, they don't care what the artist gets. Yeah. Like, it's still, like, it's still the artists are getting getting screwed by the yeah, record company yeah mariah, mariah carey was on uh, the colbert show last okay. night and she was talking about how uh, every time like spotify plays all they want for christmas is you she gets a 16th of a penny yeah yeah and yeah. she was going like you know i don't know what that is like a hay penny and she's asking <laughs> him how much that is and he went like it's half a penny oh i wish i was getting half a penny oh man that'd be something half a penny could you imagine <laughs> yeah. yeah it would really would, would be something and the other problem for Mariah Carey is because she, the song, you know, the publishing, she's just a performer. I don't think she wrote it. 
So she only gets performance royalties for that song, which is, you know, often they play her version. But, you know, the, someone else is also getting like a percentage of her, her earnings. You know, she has managers, she has agents, she right. has lawyers, she, she has a record company. And she does yeah. do, you know, other things with it and plays it in concert. Mm-hmm. And those concerts do make a... That's probably where she makes the, makes, does better out of, out of it. But, uh, yeah, like the oh, problem... Oh, she did. She was, she was one of the writers. Oh, well, that's yeah. good. Oh, I didn't realize She wrote that. it with, uh, Walter Afanziev. Hmm. Good for, and produced it. Good for them. So, yeah, the problem with like WA Care or SCTV is that you have to, you have to pay someone. You have to pay like a, an employee to like sit down and go through all the music that's used in the show and then contact individually each rights holder and then have sign the paperwork and pay for, pay the clearance fees and everything. And then, you know, and so people are just kind of like, ugh, it's not super expensive, but it's just like, is it worth our time? Yeah. Are we going to make back, you know, tenfold what we're putting into getting this stuff done probably not so we're not going to bother and that was kind of people's attitude for a long time and then one day a miracle happened (laughs) and that yeah that's just how it goes and i guess because of streaming like a wkrp has legs now Mm -hmm. before you know like for the dvd market or whatever they're just kind of like eh not worth it you know but streaming like stream streaming like everyone's competing so much for product for content now like oh this could we could really sell this, you know? mm-hmm. so let's get it out there. But yeah, because yeah, everything's everything, everything's out there now, somewhere. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day um, about uh, how many shows there are, which are uh, viewing shows of old uh, sitcoms. Mm. You know, uh, and I'm not talking about like uh, you know our uh, third dragon friend Nina Matsumoto, her husband uh, Bob Mackey, uh, co-hosts a show called Talking Simpsons where they go over every Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but they usually have uh, people from the sitcom itself mm-hmm. telling their own personal stories about like that episode. Oh, okay, one okay. That's, like the Office Ladies, which is yeah, I know the Office, the office. One, does it, Parks and Recollection. There's one from okay. Parks and Rec, and it's a fairly uh, getting to be more and more common. Mm. And I was hearing the person talk about it. I was like, oh, this is what DVD commentaries have become. Yeah, you yeah. know, because people don't have DVDs anymore, so. The podcast discussing the show is the is what that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess do they watch it and talk about it, or do they just watch it beforehand and then give their recollections of the show? I could pretend that I've listened to these, but I have not. Please do. Please pretend that you have. I've been on the Simpsons. Thing. <laughs> no, no. Pretend that you listen to them. You've been on one too. I have. Yeah, I have. I actually did watch the episode before I. Good. Yeah. As you should. I felt I felt like that was the least 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 I could do for them. Was yours uh the Bible episode? It was the Bible episode, yeah. I brought some of my Bible knowledge. I did uh a sequel to that one in the comic book because I had other stories that I wanted to tell. I was like, Oh boy, there's so many they left on the, <laughs> on the table there. Well there's only so many you can do and then you're also kinda like you're also kind of because of you know, television, you're kind of wedded to like the greatest hits. You can't kinda go for the more obscure stories. Because it's television. Well, when you're talking the more obscure stories, uh, let's see, comic. Let's see. I mean, one of them that uh, seemed obvious to me was, uh, you know, Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. That's and pretty obvious. Like, That's sure. like when you're talking the greatest hits of the Bible and the <laughs> visually, yeah, yeah, exciting things. It's but like that. Pretty but, complicated to animate, probably. Yeah, but you know, uh, they drew it in the comics, so that's good. <laughs> uh, I, I remember actually, um, uh, Kyle Baker once was teaching a workshop, the cartoonist Kyle Baker. Yes. And he said, uh, you want a movie that's going to make you a fortune? 
No, and he doesn't sound like this at all. I don't know why I'm saying like he's an older Jewish gentleman. <laughs> uh, Noah's Ark. Yeah. It's a great story. All you need to do, you get the, you know, public domain. Uh, you get talking animals. You got like a, uh, so great visuals. You yeah. got a happy ending. Sure. You know, oh, you know, you get the right, you don't even get the rights. You just do that. Sure. That's a license to print money right there. Uh-huh. No one's doing it. Yeah. No one's doing it. Disney, Disney, do it. I guess we should talk to Darren Aronofsky about this. Yeah. With Noah. He did the Noah thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you made it creepy. Um, <laughs> I never saw it. I thought Mother was really an interesting, like, b- biblical story. I thought that was a more, more fun idea of, like, kind of doing, like, a Bible retelling, but through, like, this, you know, like, in a house and, like, yeah. having guests and things getting broken. And then you and, don't say what it is. Like, yeah. Like, going yeah. in. So, yeah, yeah. You're trying to figure it out. Sure. Anyway, real, like more... real quick, because I'm going to make it back up to about me. So, the Bible <laughs> stories I did for my Bible thing were, one, okay. it was Noah's Ark. Yep. Which was like Noah was Ned Flanders is the only good man, and the Simpsons sneak on board and they screw things up. <laughs> uh, but the but one of the ones that seemed obvious to me was like uh, the sacrifice of Abraham. Like mm, uh, yeah, sure. Well, Simpson then, because but, like Abe is uh, that's his name. Yeah, and you know, like the idea of like sacrificing young Homer and Abe being a jerk. Like okay, that all lines up perfectly. And then the other one was the prodigal son, mm. where like, oh yeah, Lisa would be very upset at like Bart going off and like doing all this <laughs> stuff, then coming back and like, hey, you're great, sure, you know, here have a fatted calf. And why would they have a fatted calf? Well, because Homer wants to eat a damn fatted calf, and it's not about the kid. Yeah, it's about like he wants to have a party and like be a glutton. So yeah, all of these just like immediately were like, huh? Like it just they're so screamingly obvious to me that I had to like write them up whether or not they were gonna like buy them as a, a comic, but then they did buy them as a comic, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to uh, back to uh, Mother. I have not actually seen it. Oh, you haven't seen Mother? No. That's very good. That's a good movie. I don't know what else to say about it than that. I just I enjoyed it. What did you think of Noah? I never saw Noah. Okay. So I have, I have Noah opinions about it. <laughs> it almost feels like in the middle of it, uh, like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon breaks out. <laughs> where oh. it looked like a character from Herculoids. Shows up like there's this character made of oh the sort of Titan sort of character show up yeah 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 and it was like originally I thought like this is Ben Grimm it's like no it's a Herculoid or something because didn't he like take elements from other like other flood stories of of the of the region oh I don't know that well I mean to be honest it's been a while since I read the Ark story so there may there may be Titans in it I just I don't remember now is there a Herculoid nah there is a there, sorry. There's an there's kind of an ape like creature that look in the Herculoids yeah. who looks like uh, he's made of rocks, but I don't think he's made of rocks. But there is a Triceratops that shoots things out of his horn, and that's what I'm uh, confusing. <laughs> okay, yeah, my mistake. Then there's like Gleep and Glop or whatever. They're two uh, two uh, little uh, gooey things that kind of like look like sh- uh, schmoo. I don't know what you're talking about at all. Poop. I've never seen that show. You've never seen the Herculoids? No. Okay. You would think that it had something to do with Hercules, right? But and yet it uh, does not. Yeah, there's uh, Zock, who okay. is a, a bat-winged laser dragon. Yeah. Okay. He's got laser beams. Zock is a perfect name. Where do you think these laser beams come out of? Oh, for him? Yeah. His nostrils? His eyes. <sighs> okay. There's Igu. Yeah. Uh, who is a rock ape. Okay. All right. There you there go. There we go. Yeah, Igu. He's made of rocks. Yeah. Fine. Done. Good sure. for me. <laughs> He's uh he's a he's got a kind and gentle temperament, except yeah when his loved ones are threatened. Okay, then he fucking kills you. Are you There's, reading? Are you reading the show's Bible? Am I ever? Uh, <laughs> Speaking Tundro, of Bibles, yep. 
Tundro. Who, Tundro. Okay. Uh, who is a four-horned rhinoceros triceratops yeah. hybrid. Yeah. Uh, how many legs would you say he has? He's a four-horned triceratops hybrid? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to guess six. Ten. Oh, I was off. That's I was, too many legs. I was off by a factor of four. And he can shoot. At, oh, he does shoot energy rocks from his horn. Uh, okay. Okay. And then there's Gloop and Gleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, both voiced by Don Messick. Ah. I don't know, Yogi. Uh, who are two uh, protoplasmic creatures. They can absorb and deflect energy blasts and laser beams. Uh, and they're basically, they can shape shift and they're made of goo. <laughs> there we are. Cool. Isn't it odd that one's named as Igu, which sounds yeah. like Igloo? Yeah. And the other one's called Tundo, which is tund- Tundro. Tundra. And they're sounds Herculoids, like Herculoids. Yeah. And they got nothing to do with Hercules. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like, why did you choose those kind of almost sound alikes, but not quite? Yeah. Interesting. It looks like is you- it? Go ahead. Huh? And they fight That's the faceless question. people, destroyer ants, raider okay. apes, okay. mutoids. Is this like a one season show? Arnoids. Zorba, I'll tell you, <laughs> the mechano-mechanical men, okay. and the Augs, uh-huh. who are a form of vegetable life. Uh, uh, two seasons. Wait, how many seasons? You're correct. One season, it looks. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it would go along past the no. season. They had 18 episodes with 36 segments. Uh. Yeah. And were created by Alex Tooth. He created Talk. the, he did the character designs. It says created by. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I'm a big I'm a big Toth fan or Toth. I always call him Toth. If I'm wrong, sue me. T O T H. It's Toth. Rhymes with sloth. Yeah. No one says Arnold Roth for the the great cartoonist. Right. Yeah. He designed uh, Super Friends, Space Ghost, C Lab 2020, Herculoids, and Birdman. Yeah. Nice. Did you say, okay. You said Johnny Quest, right? I did not say Johnny Quest. Oh, I think he also designed Johnny Quest. I'm not seeing Johnny Quest here. Oh, okay. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, well, then keep it to yourself. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, you really shouldn't have. Uh, maybe. idiot I am. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he created uh, he created the Herculoids. He mm. created Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. Okay. Uh, Dino Boy and the Lost Valley. Hmm. Yeah, those were, the, those were the things that he got credit for creating. I see. The other ones were just, he was a paid designer. Yep. I'm a f- I follow on Instagram a, a, a Alex Toth uh, account, and they quite often will have uh, his designs for things that were never used, like for shows that never got off the ground. Oh, okay. But he still did design. He still had. They still had to have like character designs and stuff, and so he would do that. He's, he has a wonderful uh, style. Like I like his comic book style, which is quite a bit different than his design. His character, des- you know, his animation style, because his animation style is so much simpler. But I find them both very appealing. He's a very good uh, cartoonist. So uh, Johnny Quest was created by Doug Wildly. Wild, Wildy. Okay. Sorry about that. Who was I know a him. American cartoonist and comic book artist. Yeah. yeah. I have a book by him as well, myself. I have it sitting in a box still because I don't have... my The shelves I used to sit on are still not done. Oh, wow. How long has that been since... Well, it's kind of... It's, it's on me a little bit. They've been phoning and asking to come and see the house and I just... I didn't have time before the trip that I wanted to... to to do that so i need to to get off, get off my high horse and so you told them to go to hell pretty you know not yeah yeah i was gonna say not in so many words but to be honest yeah i did say yeah, that here's your it hat was, and stick it up your ass <laughs> that's exactly what i and, said and they went hey free hat <laughs> the because yeah we still don't have a we don't we still don't have a tub in our laundry room 
Oh. So I need okay. I need but I kinda wanna see if I can find a bigger tub for that. Okay. I don't want to just put our old tub back in. I want to get a bigger tub. So are you tub. saying uh, that's what you're looking for for Christmas is a story of the Christmas tub? <laughs> it's a Christmas tub. So I'm going to ask for it from, there, from everyone. Just pool all the money. Oh, and, and pool. I get it. Yes. And then put the money in the Christmas tub. Yes. And then throw away the tub. Who fucking cares? And I'll just, <laughs> just take all the cash. Take all the cash. Uh, yeah, no. I just I want a bigger one because it's hard to wash the dogs in the in the, in our little tub. Oh, okay. Or our, our one yeah. dog now. And you do not wash the cat. I do not wash the cats. I don't know where that. You that's... can do that once. Is that right? They'll put up with it once. Do they even put up with it at all? Um, you know, the interesting thing was with our uh, with our cat Charlie. Yeah. Uh, it got to a point where he was getting to be like an older uh, cat, and he wasn't really, you know, bathing himself as much as he should. So yeah. we went, like, let's just let's try this, mm-hmm. and we put some warm water in the sink. Yeah. And it's like, oh, here we go, and slowly lowered him into it. He loved it. Oh, really? It became like one of his favorite things. Oh, and, that's you nice. Know, that's nice. To the, yeah, it was just like the sweetest thing. I'm mm. just like, we just went, damn it, we didn't know this. It's one of those <laughs> things that you learn like later on in how life. Did, how did you dry him afterwards? Like a dog, you can like really like towel them off and like get get it rubbing on them and stuff like that right. i feel like a cat wouldn't enjoy that though uh we would uh kind of swaddle him in uh in a in a towel okay and like that would be the oh, not a blow dryer thing. no we didn't uh, mm. we didn't do the blow dryer thing uh we'd swaddle swaddle him in a, in yeah. a towel and kind of like you know hold him close and uh, that would like absorb most of it then just give him like a good a good rub down mm-hmm. and then often because you know the cat instinct is when you're a little bit wet, you're going to start cleaning yourself. So mm. he did. He would like clean himself a bit after that to yeah. like, get himself yeah. right. And <laughs> idiot. Yeah, and uh, you know we'd have like the the heater on at that point. So yeah, yeah. Go near a heater. Sure, and sure. Be fine. Yeah, yeah. He liked it. It was a it was a very very sweet thing that he uh, and a nice little bonding thing that we were like by the sink. He'd look up at us like, huh? Like, All right, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, L doesn't enjoy the bath portion, but he loves the toweling off portion. Oh, that's, that's what he likes. Well, it's like being super petted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He loves that part of it. And what's funny with Al is like when you're doing something that he approves of, he he snorts. <laughs> he goes like, <laughs> and you'll do it the whole time. Like if you're feeding him, he'd be just standing in the kitchen going, <laughs> this is good. You know, if you put a blanket on him when he's laying down, then he. <laughs> would you uh, would you uh, bathe the girls in the sink? Or was like a little the ba- when they're babies? Yeah. 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 I. I must. I don't remember with Eve doing that. I do remember with Mary doing it because it was so novel. Right. Then you lost Mary down the drain once and went. I like, don't know. Okay, with, better shouldn't do it with Eve. Then. I think with Eve, we had like a little mini ba- bathtub that you put into the bathtub. Okay. And then you w- could wash her there. Okay. But, but as soon as you, as soon as she could, like it was, I would just put the, you know, the girls had a bath together because it was, you know, yeah, time time saving. <laughs> I do. I do have a memory of like being a kid and, and being bathed in the sink. Like I, I, oh wow, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't remember that earlier. Yeah. I remember it being uh, being warm, and I remember like splashing a bit too much, and my parents getting a little annoyed <laughs> at that. Just like, hey, hey, like, All right. this isn't cool. I remember one time as a kid. This is totally unrelated to anything, but uh, we're, we're visiting. It was actually we called them we called them aunt and uncle, but they were really like a great aunt and uncle. They were my dad's aunt and uncle, and they lived down in Washington. They lived near. They lived uh, near SeaTac, and we'd, we'd drive down there, and we'd stay at their place. And I remember one time, and she was my Auntie Mel, okay. Uncle Dan and Auntie Mel. And I remember one time, we were, I was helping wash dishes, and they had one of the, and we, I'd never ha- held one before, but they had one of those little squirters for, like, squirting the dishes, you know, like oh, a little. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so a bubble floated out of the sink, and I had the squirter in my hand, and I aimed it at the bubble, <laughs> 
And both my aunt and my mom said, David, don't do that. But it was so no. So I squirted this yeah, bubble. Boy, who could blame me? Yeah. I felt. I felt like this was like, no, no, this is like. We'll all look back on this and laugh. This is an opportunity you cannot say no to. And I, I squirted the bubble and I got in a lot of trouble. But uh, it was well worth it, by the way. Yeah. I'll, I never, I'll never, I'll never regret you, it or apologize was, for it. You saw the, Bible, uh, the bubble go up. And you were like, uh, and she, don't squirt it, whatever you do. Okay. And you put down the squirter. Yeah. Picked up the biggest knife in the house <laughs> and just started stabbing. I'll get that bubble if it kills me. <laughs> if it kills you? <laughs> Not so great in that now, are you? <laughs> so, yeah. No, it was, uh, it was well worth it. But, yeah. Yeah. No one really says great aunt. No one says great uncle. No. 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 Like, Lisa was very close to her great uncle. But, yeah, he's always... Uncle Earl. And there are no great cousins. They just aren't. Can't have a great cousin. Those are not that great. The best cousin is mediocre at best. I think Jason's pretty great. Okay, fine. (laughs) Why are you doing that to me? We're going to be seeing him soon. It's going to be like... uh, I know, it's going to be really awkward. It's really awkward. I'm sure he listens to every one of these episodes. He doesn't. He doesn't. No. No. Care less. I think he might listen to the show before he comes on, but I don't think he listens to very much. Let me me just say this. Let's see if he listens. Yeah. Hey, Jason, if you're listening... I'm putting $5 under the Sneaky Dragon sculpture. Okay. And it's all yours. Oh. All you got to do is just like pick up the Sneaky Dragon sculpture that's yeah. in this room. Yeah. It's obvious where it is. And just uh, take that $5. Huh. Let's see if he does. He's not going to. He won't know. He's not listening. <laughs> but if he does, five bucks. $5 for him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, anyone else who's coming on the show, <laughs> leave it alone. <laughs> that's Jason's money. <laughs> You're just going to leave it there like for a year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to see. And every year I'm going yeah. to like mention randomly <laughs> through the year that $5. In fact, you know what I'll do? I'll have an extra five bucks every year. We'll Whoa. Eventually you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll take it. And none of you, yeah. none of you rat, rat us out on this, okay? <laughs> it's just between us. This is just a little thing between yeah. us. That's fine. He's a gentleman of elegant leisure. He, he doesn't need the money. He's fine. Mm. He's got that Robson Arms money. That must still be like coming in real, uh, like really? uh, like water. I don't know about that. No, it was a fun show though. Mm. I did like I did like that show. Yeah, yes, he did too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of fun to have that sort of creative outlet, you know. And you don't have to do much work about it. You just show up. Now you're thing. thinking was uh, was he the guy I was talking about at the beginning when I was talking about the Canadian <laughs> celebrity? Nope. Nope. I know who you're talking about, but who the other guy is? I have a I have a, I have. A, do you want Do you want to know my guess? Okay, there's the sitcom guy. I'm not going to say him. No, 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 I'm not going to say him. Who's the other guy? I think it's uh, Lululemon, Chip Wilson. Oh, you think that the... the, Because that's that's where he lives. He lives in Point Grey. I was asking, like, who the other celebrity was. What other celebrity? Okay, there's two celebrities. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who they are. There's one the sitcom guy. Yeah. And you know who the other one is. Mm -hmm. Okay, very Mm -hmm. good. But no, no, it's uh, who the the big wealthy guy is. Yeah, he's a big who to do Lululu. I think it was, I think it's... The yeah, the Lululemon founder. You know what I would say? I think I think it's a waste of money having um, <laughs> uh, security guards like underneath the sea. Okay, that have to like go every day. They're like, "Where are you going? Going to work? Yeah. Where? The ocean? What? Yeah, I'm a security guard. I'm under. Are I'm, they there all the time, or just for like parties and stuff like that? May, there might have been some precious art that was on display. Yeah, and so they they were there for that. Um, but what I would say is, you do this instead. Mm-hmm. Under the sea, uh, you just uh, make a wall of yoga pants. <laughs> Wait a second. A wall of yoga. Pl- so underwater. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes it different. 
Yeah, because the thieves can't get through that. They can't get through a wall of yoga pants? You ever tried to? Too stretchy? Yeah. You ever tried to tear yoga pants? Hard. Mm, I haven't. Is it actually hard? Uh, it's uh, maybe underwater. <laughs> Especially <laughs> hard. Like imagine. Dave, yeah. I'm gonna hand they you have a, seams. I'm going to hand you a pair of yeah. yoga pants. Yeah. And I'm going to say, Dave, walk into the ocean. Yeah. And you're going to go, you're the boss. <laughs> Duh. Anyway, and you go into the ocean. I'm going to yeah. give you an air tank. Sh- well, okay, thank you. Because I don't want you to die. And a mask. Okay. And do I have like concrete shoes or Galoshes? something? Galoshes? Galoshes. No, it's not a mob hit. <laughs> just go in so the I, fucking ocean. I just meant to stay in the bottom because I'm, apparently I have to like go no, in. You can just duck your head out oh, of the okay. water. Oh, okay. So it's I'm just going to. Okay. I don't, want, I don't want you to have to walk well, I feel on the like, bottom of the I ocean. I feel like to make it. Well, okay. Also, by the way, uh, yeah. I don't think like scuba divers use concrete shoes. They do if they're deep sea divers. They have they have the weighted you're shoes. Not doing deep sea. We're well, doing, I like, I don't know how these people are approaching. So they're so they're going to be swimming like scuba scuba guys. They're going to be you're approaching. A scuba, you're a scuba dude. Yeah. Okay. okay. You got some fins on. Am I on that kid show, Scuba Dude? Yeah, you're on Scuba Dude. Okay. Guy who likes oh, his... scuba dude. <laughs> scuba ing is awesome. Yeah, that's right. So okay, so you're under the water, and I hand you a pair of yoga pants. Yeah. And I say, with your brute strength, for the five dollars that I was going to give Jason, uh-oh, uh, tear sorry, these sorry, yoga Jason. pants. Okay, you would be underwater just going fuck. No. no, I can do that. You think you can? Yeah, tear a pair of yoga pants underwater. Yeah, yeah. there's a seam. Where there's a seam, where there's a seam, <laughs> where there's a seam, there's a, there's a way. Yeah, what a creepy thing to say. <laughs> it's a classic saying. I really hope people don't take you out of context. It's a classic saying. It's been yeah. said for years. Where there's a seam, there's a way. They they do say that. Yeah, you know. It's classic. Scuba, scuba, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like of the people who live in that area, he uh, he most fits that uh, that profile. Okay. You know that has Rod Stewart singing at his party. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Have Rod Stewart singing at your party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. That's, that's, that's I know. We both had Rod Stewart sing at our wedding. And it was so expensive. Though I always regretted it afterwards. Yeah. You I was would like, think could that he would it. remember the words to, you know, do you think I'm sexy? He doesn't. No. Do you think I'm sassy and I like my body? That's not the words! <laughs> and then he yelled back, no refunds is my policy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, he, he's... So what? Sorry, what is the uh, rich part of town called again? It's called Point Grey. Point Grey. There's two rich parts of town, though. You're also forgetting Shaughnessy, which is another uh, mansion area in in Vancouver. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking up. Uh, Point okay. Point Grey is like the nouveau riche, though. Shaughnessy was the classic rich people. Uh, yeah. Would you rather be nouveau riche or old old rich? I'd rather be old rich. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the family's used to it and stuff, and they. Uh... Yeah. Okay. I'm just looking at who the richest people in BC are. Okay. I'm just uh, I'm just curious. Let's see if we're on the list. <laughs> we're, oh, we're on the list. We're just not. Okay. Who's at the, the richest top. person in uh, British Columbia? I guess I'm going to guess Jimmy Patterson You're off right. the top of my head. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. What would you guess? Like he's got. I don't know. I, I can't guess that kind of 11 stuff. Eleven billion dollars. Eleven billion dollars. Yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty good. You wouldn't want to have worked for him. You know the story about work when he had a car play, a car car dealership, right? No, I don't. Oh, so every week he fired the person who sold the last least cars. Every well, week, that's just like, and he would cry when he was firing the person, why which is like crying? so weird. Like it's so crocodile tears. Like you know, why are you firing this person then if it's so upsetting? But that was his motivation for the people. Was if you didn't, if you were in the bottom of the bottom of the list, it might have been monthly, but yeah, he would fire, he would fire the the person who sold the least. Okay, so here, uh, Anthony Von uh, Mandel. Okay, that's number. That's next. 
So, uh, and he. Where, where, where do the Rogers family fall on this? We're, we'll see. Okay. And maybe they don't live in BC. Do you I'm pretty sure they live do. in BC? Yeah. Well, Roger this, Sugar. This fella. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Anthony Von Mandel. Yeah. He's worth uh, $10 billion. Okay. That's pretty good. But who is he? I'll tell you. And you're going to guess. <laughs> uh, his industry is alcohol production and distribution. He went on to found yeah. uh, What Beverage uh, that in 1996, which made him a rocket to success. Yeah. There, okay. And that was in 1986. Yeah. Currently, okay. he started a beverage that we have watched a friend of ours drink at White Spot. Huh. A friend of ours. Let's yeah. say, you know, one of our friends. We don't want to name names because we're not going to out people for their <laughs> drinking habits. But we were sitting with them at a table. They yeah. ordered uh, this beverage. Yeah. And uh, and the other beverage that he invented in 96 is one I used to drink sometimes when I went to, to shows and stuff. And I would uh, go, I can sort of take that because it's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's pretty clawingly sweet. <laughs> Cloyingly, I may have, I may have like given you a clue to the second beverage. So I guess White Claw would be the. He started White Claw. Oh, okay. Well, that's popular. Yeah, it is very popular. And he also started uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, yeah. That is a that's a that's it's well marketed because the name is great. I'm gonna I'm gonna go past boring people who are like in oil and shit. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, you're right, Chip Wilson. Mm. Uh, There's there's that guy you were talking about. Yeah, Lululemon, and he is worth how much? He's, he's number four. Number four, so he's nine billion. He's only five. Billion. Oh, only five billion. <laughs> Poor guy. Yep. Sorry about that. Can no Jimmy Patterson. Yeah. Real estate, boring. Real estate, boring. So yeah. So Rob, what's his name? Beatty, Betty, Be- the Beatty Group or whatever. That he must have a lot of moolah. Probably that guy. He's he's a big developer he, here. No, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Gotta make stuff. Gotta make stuff, or I don't. Uh, you don't. Or, you don't or I don't care. Really? You're not at the Rogers family yet. That's amazing. I thought they would, you know, they have Rogers Sugar, they have the refinery, they have golden syrup. and. All right, number nine, Brant mm-hmm. Louie. Brant Louie. He owns uh, convenience stores and grocery stores. Yeah. That's uh, that's him. He's worth $1.5 billion. Wow, because that's like H.Y. Louie would have been his father, I guess. Yes, that's right. So, uh, but I don't know what grocery store that they had. Uh, well, it's not uh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's one of the biggest in uh, in Canada. Really? Yeah, three letters in its name. See if so, that helps you. Iga. That's right. In Japan. So also owns London Drugs. Yeah, that's where the big money is for that's them. That's where the big actually. London Drugs bucks. Mm. There's uh, there was like some posting on Twitter in the last week. Where uh, Canadians tried to describe to Americans what London Drugs was. <laughs> I know it is a weird, it is a weird thing. It's that just, we're used to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the store that you go to. What do you get? Well, you get your drugs there or buy a TV. <laughs> what? <laughs> or get groceries. Or you can get some groceries yeah. there, maybe yeah. a couple of magazines. Yeah. yeah. I used to love their, uh, their, their book clearance when they would just bring in a bunch of books that were like uh, cutouts and sell them. Uh, number 10 is Frank... Uh, Guy Ustra, G I U S T R A. He's in the entertainment industry. Oh, really? Worth one point two billion dollars. <laughs> and in nineteen ninety seven, he created uh, a movie company. That oh, is oh, Lionsgate. Popular. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Investment banking. Boo! <laughs> no one cares. You're boring. You're dull. Well, they have a lot of money. Stop though. being so dull. No one wants to talk about you. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. And then okay. the wealthiest person is uh, is uh, Jim Patterson. Or Jimmy Patterson. Jimmy Patterson. Yeah. He's a man of the people. He's a man, man of the people he fires. 
It feels like if you <clears throat> fire a person every week. I think it's every month, but it was he did. Okay, good. But I mean, probably at a time when job, you know, like people needed work, you know. Like, yeah. Are Not you, like now. Are you suited? Like just living off the fat. Apparently, of the they're quiet quitting. No yeah. one wants to work Everyone's anymore. I've quiet, heard all the complaints. Quiet quitting and loudly shitting. That's what they're doing <laughs> at work. They don't do a lot of work, then they go take an enormous loud dump. <laughs> how do they know? I, this feels like where I work. Yep. Yeah. No one wants to work anymore. It just feels like you're setting yourself up, like for a lot of like really angry employees to like just come back and rob you. Like at the end of a year, you. Well, that's got, what I was kind of wondering when we were telling the story of the kidnapping. I was like, "Oh, are they former car car salesmen?" Yeah, you're really setting yourself up for an Ocean's Eleven. Like at the end of the year, <laughs> it's like you've got eleven employees that yeah. just go, "Hey, by the way, do you know everything about the business?" We sure do. Yeah. Okay, you got a grudge. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go rob it. I guess, but I, I mean, I assume when you. I mean, the kidnapping's not. Here's fun. the thing: I assume when you start the job. Yeah. You know the rules, so you know that's like a possibility, and that you're trying to avoid it, like. Like, which would be terrible. I couldn't even, I can't even stand the idea of talking about the idea of even talking about it. It makes me so anxious. But you know that, that, you know, if you don't sell as much as, as the other guys. Yeah. Or sell more than them, that you are, you're going to be off the island. So you, so you, I guess you can't complain very much if, if you, like, if, if you got the job and nothing was said about this. And then one day you get called in the boss's office and you're like, I guess I'm getting a raise. And then they're like, Hey, uh, sorry, you didn't sell as much as uh, Joe, Fred, and Sam. Uh, pack up your stuff and leave. You'd be like, then, then you might have a reason to be have a grudge. But yeah, here, if you took the job knowing that was a possibility, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I still think you have a nice heist. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sure. When I was uh, when I, I used to teach uh, comedy at uh, Langara, yeah, and uh, I, I taught it, took a big break, and then came back. Uh, and both times when I was teaching, uh, we'd end up with people in, in, in class, you know, who you, you, you'd have people who were like, I was on a cruise ship. People said I was funny. I'm like, all right, fair enough. We'll try our best. <laughs> but, but almost always there was at least one, um, like CEO or real rich guy. Okay. Who was there. Yeah. It was like, uh, almost an Elon Musk type who, who wanted to be funny and yeah. figure out how to be funny. Yeah. And so but they will, they'll never be funny. This is the thing. <laughs> so we we would get like uh, we'd get the guy from who who owned like cars from Mars. Okay, who was like a, a like a car dealership. It was kind sure. of a wacky car dealership. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I can show you how to be wacky. I can show you how to like fix your wackiness enough. Yeah, that it's all yeah. right. And then there was another guy who ran like this really successful jewelry company, and that guy was rich, like too rich. Yeah, like way too rich. At one point, like he invited me to a party of his and uh, to to entertain and teach like uh improv when i was there yeah and i was like okay okay everyone was rich and it was (laughs) so strange to try to run a class with like rich people who don't listen to anybody yeah they don't listen to me they don't (laughs) listen to anybody they're rich yeah yeah who the fuck am i yeah you know do you know who they are and it was just this like just this attitude among Mm. everybody of just like and they weren't into it and it was like oh i don't Ah, it's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. weird to like just the the soaking entitlement and wealth. <laughs> it was very, it was very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to try it one day. Yeah, I don't. I think I'd be one of the good ones. Sure. Why not? <laughs> it's all knows? gonna work out great. Who knows? You know what? When I get that genie with the three wishes, I'm gonna nail it. Completely <laughs> nail it. It's gonna be great. I was working with my manager the last couple of days because uh, we had a giant shipment of steel come in, and all, it was all orders. 
Like hardly any of it was stock for us. Like just oh. like a big chunky thing that you could just put away in a big clump. Instead, they're all stuff we had to break break apart. And one of the lifts was so heavy, I went to lift it with a forklift, and I went up in the air. Like the back of the oh, forklift wow. lifted up because it was too heavy. We had to get two forklifts in and 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 synchronize, lift it off, and then move it back, and then go around to the other side of it, and then drive forward, and then put it away. Holy smokes! And when we took it apart, it just like collapsed. Like when we cut the snap the the uh cut these metal straps on it it just like went boom like because it was just so big and just so full of stuff wow it was hardly had any i don't even know how they put it together it was just crazy but uh we were we worked together for a couple days putting all this organizing all this stuff and putting it away and i was joking with him i uh because it's a joke at work that anytime people work with me they quit (laughs) because my job is so hard yeah, they do it with me for a while. They're just like, screw this job. Yeah, and they just leave. And yeah. I, and I, I mentioned that. And uh, that's why I quit this podcast at the end of every episode. <laughs> every episode you do, but you always cut that part out. <laughs> and I'd like to take my resignation. And, uh, and I was, like, I always refuse to accept it. Yep, I won't accept your resignation. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were working, and he said, uh, and I, you know, I, I mentioned this uh, running gag, and he. Because it is sort of based in reality. People often do work with me doing this, yeah. and then they just they go, "Well, you know what? They said they they said it'd be work. I didn't know that this is what they meant, and they're gone." And so um, I mentioned that, and he he said, um, "He goes, does anyone actually hate you, Dave?" And I said, "I think I've I think people have disliked me, like haven't liked me in my life." Uh, he goes, "No, I don't believe that. I think you're just one of those guys that everyone likes. I don't think that a person exists, though." Mm. I said, "I don't." I don't think that person exists. I think because there's, there's going to be someone who wants to be the guy that everyone likes. And if you're the guy that everyone likes, that guy doesn't like you. Ah. Cause he, he, you're who he wants to be in, right. in, in the group, you know. You're either their replacement or standing in their way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I don't think, I think it's impossible to be like everyone's friend. No. You can be likable. Right. But. By the way, ignore that I'm taking a bunch of drugs in front of you. <laughs> Well, just ignore it. Just time it so that you're just tripping at the right tripping at the right time in the show. Go. Just ignore what I'm about okay. to do. Okay. Okay. It's hard to I had to close my eyes because I didn't want to. Okay. Yeah. What? What? Stop judging. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm gonna insert the song Pills by uh by Bo Diddley. Okay. But actually I'm gonna put in the uh, version by the New York Dolls because that's more Thank you. A little Moroccan. I think you'll enjoy it. Thank you very like much. That's all I want. <laughs> I want you to enable me uh, in, uh, in a fun way, a bouncy way. <laughs> yeah, it's more fun that way. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and that's why everyone likes you. Yeah. Because you enable amenable. them. I yeah. enable them. I'm amenable and, and, and an and enabler. <laughs> all those uh, words that sound very similar to each other. I'm all those things. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was sort of a funny comment. Cause, just because it's impossible, you know. But he didn't believe me, though. He said, no, I just think you're one of those people that no one could. Could you find like a list of three people that think you're a jerk? Could I find a list of three yeah, people? Yeah, like, I'm could you write down a list of like just three people? No, I don't think like... I wouldn't remember them, but I do, I do know there's people who didn't like me. Like when I was in school, there's people who didn't like me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if at work people don't like me, but I think there's times when people don't like you in your life. But I mean, not just like irritated with you, but I mean, just, yeah, they're kind of maybe out to get you or at least like, you yeah you're right like you're I'm in their way or whatever yeah you're either yeah that's 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 the big thing it's like you're either their replacement or you're uh, they feel that 
once you're out of the way, they'll be able to get to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. I remember one time I was standing at a locker. This is at, in high school, not junior high school. I was standing at a locker talking to this girl. And who that girl was, I don't remember now, actually. Oh, maybe you run into her at the reunion. <laughs> and this guy walked up and just challenged me to a fight. <laughs> I did not know him. Right. I had never even talked to him in my life. Like I a, didn't. Like a velvet glove slap across the face? <laughs> like a velvet glove cast an iron. He slapped across oh, the that's, face. A, that's not good. He was a little harder than you think. Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. A velvet glove that's cast in iron. So that's there's a, that's iron a, that's over a Dan, the glove? The Dan Close story from, from Maple. Okay. Like a velvet glove cast in iron. Okay. Because I thought the idea was it was a velvet glove that was covering something that was iron. Yeah. Because that makes sense. Like it would hit you and it would be hard, mm. but it also feels soft. If it was something that was like cast in iron, and uh, but it was over a velvet <laughs> glove, who gives a shit? <laughs> yep. Right? That doesn't make any sense. And it's weird because like... I didn't even go to school with him. Like, in a sense, like, I didn't go to junior high. Like, because senior high school, you might make a few friends from other other schools when you got to senior high school. But most of the people that you were acquainted with went to junior high school with you. And those people you knew pretty in, intimately because you were in, like, three years, three, in my case, four years together with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you just knew everyone. And then when you got to, to senior high school... You knew you make friends with some people from other places, but you would just kind of vaguely know right. people from other other junior high schools. And this guy was like from a different junior high school. His dad was a policeman. It just seems so weird. <laughs> and I learned this later. I didn't. I was just yeah. talking to someone else about it, and they're like, "Oh, that's weird. His dad's a cop." And maybe that made him. I don't know. Anyway, he wanted like he literally wanted me to go outside and fight. And what I was, do you think? Like, he, what do you think the reason was? Like, I don't know if like, he liked this girl. Ah, and this was like his weird way of him. to try to impress her. but i don't think i impressed her i don't know if i impressed her by like not fighting the guy i was kind of like no i i the only way i could fight someone was if i was really mad at them right and the thing is my more for money, for a lot of money. <laughs> well that's why i fought a lot of bums yeah but no i have to be really angry and the problem is my anger lasts about five seconds so you, the fight is not going to be very long before I'm like I'm totally lost interest in the whole <laughs> the whole process. So it, they actually get really sleepy too. That's the thing. It's like fighting is tiring. Yeah, very tiring. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, I only did it when I was a teenager. Sure. But like even that, you're just like I'm winded. Yeah. And I'm young. <laughs> this is uh, this is exhausting. I've learned that teenagers aren't as in good a shape as they think they are. No. Like in terms of strength, then they're not as strong as they think they are. Right. They've also got also got like a teen age amount of muscles, mm-hmm. which is like that's not a lot of muscles. Yeah. And also those muscles are new. Yeah, you just went through puberty a second ago. Those yeah. are fresh. They haven't uh, been broken in. Like know I mean, what they're doing. If you if you like ran in gym, you might have some endurance, mm-hmm. but you don't have any strength. But anyway, okay. I didn't fight this person. Anyway, because... with that in mind, climb this peg wall. <laughs> not naturally athletically gifted. That's not me. I mean, I am not. I can't. I can't hit a basket if you put it like two feet from me. I might be able to get the. Thing I would in, be but. okay. One of the things I would go and check mm. it was I would go to the gym at Burnsview. Yeah, and I would go and go like, is the peg wall still there? <laughs> I would. I would go. I don't remember that at all. I would just go. Do you remember that you didn't? I don't do the remember peg the peg wall. wall. No. Did you do the peg wall in high school, like in North Delta Senior Center? No, I don't remember. It. Do you know what the peg wall is? No. Okay. It's a series of holes yeah. that are on a wall. Yeah. It goes in a square. Yeah. And then there's pegs that yeah. you hold. You, you kind of get where I'm going with this, right? Okay. And then you put the pegs in and yeah. you climb up the wall yeah. with, the, with the pegs. Wow. 
You're I not could, familiar with this. Sam. No, I I probably would have got about a foot off the ground before. Right, I right, right. This is this was my <laughs> big problem with the the peg wall situation. Yeah, yeah. Is like there was maybe two kids that could really do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like that's not enough kids that can do it yeah. to make this a thing that should be a thing. <laughs> I the, literally do not remember this. So. Okay, all right. So I don't know. I don't know if I, we might have done something different. I remember climbing a rope to the ceiling, like having to climb up a rope, which I, yeah. I could do. But we did less of the the rope to the ceiling. Mm. Uh, let me see. More of the peg peg in the wall. Yeah, I'm trying to think of you know the 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 you know the full name was of course the Margaret in the wall. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's called the peg board. Peg board, okay. Yeah, it's called a peg board. Yeah, no. Uh, right. So let me. Uh, I'm going to. Yeah, there we go. It seems like. Why, why are why are we doing that? Yeah, you know, because because uh, they hate kids. They hate them. <laughs> I'm going to send you. Well, uh, I guess gym teacher. Who can blame them? Okay, I'm sending you the more adult version of the pegboard, and I don't mean that it's sexual. Oh, uh, what I mean is like I'm sending you uh, as you climb it, someone strokes your penis. Yikes! That's the uh, and that's uh, the second pegboard, that- <laughs> and then you got to like climb that. <laughs> Anyway, it's, uh, it's, I didn't know you went to Catholic school, did you? He gives you some wow, help. I thought that was just me. Okay, anyway, long story short, uh, when I'm sending you this board, uh, it's bigger than the one at uh, the school, yeah. obviously. Oh, we've talked for more than two hours. Okay. Because my, my, my uh, thingy turned off. All right, then let's uh, save it. What are, we, what are we saving? Oh, I thought you were having to save this so that we... No, no, it's fine. All right. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, we're not doing vampire talk. This yes, is... we are. Oh, we are. We are. Lisa sent me the the pictures of. Oh the... shit! Okay, all right. Yeah. Then please go ahead. We'll start. Uh, to... This is a little something that we call uh, Dork Shadows. Lisa, of course, you might remember, is the co-host of Horse Mysteries, which mm-hmm. is also available on the Seeky Dragon Network, where uh, there's mysteries involving horses, co-hosted by Dave. Yeah. So if you like shows that are co-hosted by Dave, <laughs> uh, there's another one for you. By the way. Uh, throw this out there right now. We got a bonus episode out of nowhere. What? Who expected this? Um, of Totally Tintin that we just put up, uh, based on our trip to, uh, Belgium. Yes. So, uh, if you feel like, uh, listening to that, you can, uh, it might have just popped up on your feed. Who knows? Uh, or if it, <laughs> it didn't, does. uh, it does do that. go to, uh, Totally Tintin on, uh, SneakyDragon.com, and you can uh, listen to one more episode of us talking about Tintin. But for now, we take you back to the uh, days of your uh, in the nineteen. Are we in the nineteen seventies now? Are we? There? Oh, we're talking about like the circa circa of the show, actual show yeah. time. Yeah, uh, sixty nine still. Sixty nine, nice. And uh, and <laughs> oh. Dave will be telling you uh, what's going on in the world of Dark Shadows in a mm-hmm. segment we call Dork Shadows. Dork shadows. Yeah, it's been a while. Sure has since we've been dark shadowing. Dark shadowing. Um, so everyone, Dorking let me around. let me remind you that uh, the biggest development was Quentin becoming a werewolf, <laughs> which is a big moment in anyone any boy's life when he becomes a werewolf. We all remember that moment. Our legs got hairy. Our arms got hairy. Right. Other parts of us got hairy. Our voice dropped. We got a, more of a growly voice. Yeah. We uh, broke out. We broke out. We broke out. Okay. Um, we played basketball. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, yeah, Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf. Too. <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, now, let me just remind everyone. So, Jameson had run away from his school, and then he'd come back to Collinswood, where it seemed like he was going to get sent back to school, so he left the school. I mean, sorry, he left the house. But Beth, the servant, 
who of course is the only person at this point aware of Quentin's uh, transformation. She was able to save herself by standing in a pentagram, if you remember that. Oh, well, that's a but, good safety tip you get taught yeah, in school. it is. It is. It's a fun switch. I've never seen that done with werewolves before, and I pentagram thought that was kind of fun. It's like, <laughs> okay, a pentagram. werewolf here. Yeah. Oh, 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 you're hearing the <laughs> alarm. Oh, oh, I feel useless. Oh. Um, so now Beth, armed with a pistol... And she is a pistol as well. She is a bit of a pistol. <laughs> she uh, goes out. She searches the woods for Jameson, okay. knowing that there's a werewolf there. Right. So that's pretty. It's nice sometimes to go out for a nice pistol walk. Pretty brave. Yeah. She uh, does a. No, anyway. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. So. <laughs> I like when you uh, use your better judgment. <laughs> so, so she's walking through the woods, and suddenly Quentin, the werewolf Quentin, sure, who is about a foot shorter than the actual Quentin. Right. Uh, appears above her on a very large rock, and he uh, was that the rock falling. Yeah, that was. A, but quick question. Sorry, I'm yeah. interrupting a lot. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so when you become a werewolf, yes, is it a situation where you have to legally change your name to something different as the werewolf? Because yeah, I'm just thinking of like a Doctor Jekyll has to become a Mister Hyde. Mm. You can't just be Doctor Jekyll but monster form. Yeah, or uh, you know, uh, Vlad the Impaler becomes a vampire has to be count dracula yeah now. yeah gotta yeah. change your name i wonder if the situation <laughs> occurs for like the werewolf if it's like if you become a werewolf is that just werewolf dave yeah or do you have to change your name to uh mr barkington okay could i <laughs> yes you do have to change legally you have to change your name to some form of barkington you're correct okay sorry uh but just just i just want to step back a little bit and just say that vlad the impaler did not become Dra- count dracula Oh, well, then I, I, uh, that Bram Stoker movie doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like taking, that's like taking the possible, the possible, um, inspiration for the idea of vampires. Okay. But Count Dracula is a separate vampire that's not related to Vlad the Impaler in the book by Bram Stoker. Okay. Anyway. Well, then, boy, that title of that movie is wrong. <laughs> it has its own, yeah, it is wrong because it does its own thing. Um, now, Beth is too terrified to shoot. She just kind of stands there looking at this werewolf with her hand quivering with a, with a pistol in it. But Barnabas and Edward arrive just in time, and Barnabas beats back the werewolf with his cane. Remember, he has a silver-tipped cane, which ah. was so effective on even on the werewolf back in, uh, in regular time. Feels Dark that Shadows. would affect a vampire as well, but okay, continue. The silver? Yeah, silver... Uh, silver uh, Affects a vampire. Does it? That's the reason that a vampire can't see itself in a mirror is because silver is part of it and silver is pure. Oh. So the vampire can't see his reflection because mm. his reflection is of evil, not purity. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But I don't know if the, the silver hurts him, though, the way it... Uh, like, he can't he can't be killed by a silver bullet, a vampire. I think that uh, they use silver steaks to kill vampires. They do? I'm going to look it up. Please continue. Sounds hard to eat. So... Oh, you dang. <laughs> What are you talking about? Just a nut Come on. Come on. Settle down. (laughs) Just me and Sir Barkington laughing over here. (laughs) So uh, Barnabas wants to pursue the werewolf, but Edward convinces him to help Beth back to the house. Why Edward can't do it on his own, I don't know, but there you go. Meanwhile, Jameson has gone to the old cottage where his mother lives. His mother, Laura. Laura Collins. Now, let me just remind everyone that Laura Collins may not be a human. She may be some sort of fire spirit. I don't know exactly what she is, but I, 
There's been a lot of comments that she's been around a long time, Barnabas has suggested, and and um, and then you know she had that whole thing where she was burned alive uh, for the God, God Raw, right. where Quentin left just took off on her, raw, raw, raw. and you know <laughs> eat it raw, and Fireside Theater, let's hear it, <laughs> raw raw, eat it raw. Love that bit. Anyway. Uh, while Dave is uh, distracted, <laughs> um, silver uh, yeah. does work uh, against vampires because okay. it's uh, pure, yeah. but uh, not consistently. So it won't I kill see. a vampire, but a vampire will go, yeah, knock it off. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, so Laura at the cottage, his, uh, Jameson's mother, Jameson and Nora's mother, attempts to entice Jameson into leaving Collinsport with her. Okay. And she makes a lot of promises that they're going to go to another place and he'll forget all about his life here in Collins, but it won't, ah. it'll, it won't mean anything to him anymore because he'll be in a whole new place and it'll be different and exciting. And, uh, so he's like, you know, so I can't come back and see my family. She says, no, you can never come back again if you leave with me. Right. And so he hesitates, but then she you tells him, you can't go home again because it's, uh, uh, Tom werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Werewolf, yes. Thomas Werewolf. Yeah. Because Tom Wolf is Tom not. okay, Thomas Wolf is yeah. the guy. Yeah. But when he becomes <laughs> then he becomes he be, Tom Werewolf. You he, have to change both names. Okay. You can't just be like again, yeah. keep his first name. Yeah. So you would have to be Dave T- Tom you're, Wolf. Da- you're Dave Dedrick, yeah, yeah. but you're David Barkington. <laughs> David Barkington. These are the simple rules of becoming a I, wolf man. You know, I just did I didn't know them. I didn't know the simple okay, rules. I'm sorry. Well, I apologize. Maybe, you know. I'm ignorant. Yeah, and I and I and I can admit it again. We skipped doing this for a couple of weeks, and you forget things. Please continue. <laughs> so yeah, she tells him they must leave forever, but she does hold out the the carrot of a, on the stick that he doesn't have to go back to school. Okay. So he finally agrees because he loves his mother. He's less enamored. Who doesn't? With, he's less enamored with his dad. Yeah. Who's been making him go to school with that jerk? That jerk uh, guy? That rector? Whatever his uh, preacher? Whatever his name is? Yeah. The Reverend Trask. He's not into that. So, uh, meanwhile, back at Colin, at Collinswood, Collinwood, Collinwood, uh, Barnabas inner monologues that the appearance of the werewolf has revealed why he had to go back into the past. Okay. So he says there must be a connection between the werewolf in the future time and Quentin the werewolf now. All right. I can't remember the name of the guy who, Tim, was it Tim? Tim the werewolf? <laughs> Tim Barkington? Whatever, whatever the name of the guy in the future, I can't remember now. It's been so long since we were in the future. We've been in the past so long. We've been back in 1897 so long. It feels like it feels like a century. It feels like a whole other century. Sure. Still writing it all on my checks. Now, this sequence was probably because he had just had a little bit of a of a of a talk with Edward as well. Because Edward like had his gun and he's like, I'm gonna kill this werewolf, and and Barnum was like. That's not going to kill... Because he doesn't know it's a werewolf. They just think it's like a, a beast, right? They don't know a werewolf. They don't know a werewolf. They don't know. It's like vampires. They don't know. <laughs> it's it's know. weird. How would they know? They, they won't know. How would they know? They. It's weird that in this... It's weird that in fiction, <laughs> no one knows what vampires or werewolves are. Because if they did, it would ruin the story. Yeah. Like they, the guy would come to the door and they'd be like, you have to invite me in. They'd be like, I'm not inviting you in because you're a vampire. And like, How do you know that? I was reading a book about vampires yesterday. Well, what I dislike 
and I've talked about Do you just like it a lot or just sort of a little? Oh, quite a bit. Okay. Uh, it's how they always have a smug thing and like vampire things now are just like, oh, you may yeah. have heard this thing about mm-hmm. vampires, mm-hmm. but you know, and there's always like one element to just like, so they can't see themselves in mirrors? Of course they can. What are you, ridiculous? <laughs> oh, but they can't turn into bats. Yeah, they can turn into bats. Well, then, fuck it. then we're in ridiculous land anyway. <laughs> They're immortal th- bloodsuckers that can turn into yeah, bats yeah. And, and wolves. But yeah, the the one al- element is like, you know, that. There's always one gimme. That to, defend, to defend that, here's my defense of that, is that... Because personally, I think that you can just do whatever you want with vampires. And if you don't want to have them be allergic to silver or yeah. or uh you know uh hiss at crosses that's fine yeah you can kind of create your own melange out of all because it's there's so much of a of a such an accretion of various things that they can kill or not kill and blah blah, blah vampires but i feel like it's just too much like you just it would just be it's so oh, oh, it's so unwieldy that i think it's just fine if people want to trim it down but at the same time i i think the whole smug thing of like oh you know of course, they it can be you know a cross has no you know why would you think that I don't know because all the literature said it for so long, but okay whatever, um, but yeah so Edward is you know he's got his gun and he's going to shoot this werewolf and like and Barnabas is like well that's not going to do any good but he won't say why he just tells me he won't kill him but Edward refuses to believe it. And then we get the inner monologue, which gives Edward time to go to the cottage set, and then Edward comes to the cottage looking for Jameson. And, you know, demands Laura, Laura, you know, turn Jameson over and she lies to him. She says, Jameson's not here. Okay. Jameson's not here, man. And she says, why would I lie to you? And he says, well, because you've lied to me so often and so effectively for so many years that I would think you're lying now. That's basically why. Uh, You're the woman who, you're the the wife who ran away with my brother for a sexcapade that involves you getting (laughs) burned alive in, in Egypt. So Hi, I've taken to the ice capade. Oh, I'm sorry. The sexcapades? Do you want a refund? No. No. I don't. Because that sounds fun too. Uh, after he leaves, she tries to contact Nora psychically. She's like, Nora, Nora, Nora. But you know, here's the thing. They've reached their cast limit this week. So Nora uh, cannot appear in this episode. So she, she gets interrupted right. by going back to Collinwood, where it's Beth's turn to lie. She lies to Barnabas about Quentin. But Barnabas already suspects the truth. He already suspects that Quentin is a werewolf. But can he handle the truth? And he's, he can't handle the truth, apparently, because right. he smiles ironically uh-huh. at her lie. He's like, oh, really? I think I know why Quentin isn't here. Wink, Because he's out in the woods with his clothes in tatters. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> to be honest, I have been there. <laughs> uh, Edward returns, and over Beth's... Really, really, tell the story really fast. My grandmother... Uh, at one point, I'm over at her place. She gives me like this uh, thing of clothes. Yeah. I'm like, uh, oh, it's oh, a whole outfit. Like, yeah, I was walking through the woods and I just found like a full <laughs> outfit in there and I washed it for you. And I thought it was about your size. Oh, okay. You know, there's a naked man in the woods right now, right? <laughs> okay. Just took all his clothes. Was someone at the swimming, pool, swimming hole? No, it was skinny, like, skinny I don't think it was that. I think it was with someone. Oh. And, uh, and, mm. and, you know, they hid when she showed up. Yeah. And she went, hey, clothes. <laughs> and then free clothes. And then walked away with the clothes. And now oh, I have the clothes no. of a guy. And so, because that was, of course, in the neighborhood. Yeah. I did wear the clothes. Oh, okay. Because they did fit. Yeah. So, um, luckily it wasn't me. That'd be a more awkward story. I've got my own clothes back. But I'm just picturing, like, at one point, like, me walking down the street and a guy walking by going, Dude, hey, wait a minute. A double take. Whoa. 
<laughs> that's my keep on trucking shirt. <laughs> well, that's your problem. You were keeping on trucking. <laughs> yeah, you don't keep on trucking. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because in my mind now, there's only really one reason for that kind of thing to go on, and it would have been a pile of two male clo- two males' clothing. So she left one behind because it didn't fit you. It was the oh, wrong size. That's possible. Yeah. So the so the guys went the guys went home. One guy wore the shirt. The other guy wore the pants. The one guy wore the shirt and socks. And then they just kind of like walked in such a way that it looked like it was the same person. Yeah, I had to make sure they, they looked like one person. Yeah. 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 You just walk really close behind me. Here's what they did. Yeah. One guy one guy had to quickly get dressed. Yeah. And so we're wearing his own clothes. Yeah. Ran to the clothing store. Yeah. Or like lost and found. Sure. Found the biggest coat he could. Yeah. And then like uh said to the other guy, sit on my shoulders. <laughs> and then they wrapped the coat around them. Sure. And then they Yeah, because it would have made no sense <laughs> if he'd gone to like a store and bought clothes for the guy to wear. What is he made of money? That's stupid. What is he made of money? Well, yeah, buy a full outfit <laughs> or buy one coat. So he buys the coat, yeah, wraps yeah. around. Now he's like uh, two guys, like in one coat. Yeah, yeah. and then they uh, catch the bus home. Totally. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. I think this is totally what happened. All right. And I do think that they walked as this very, very, very tall man. Right. And walked then they home. got on the bus together. <laughs> Yes. Sat, sat down yeah. on the bus. Yeah. One guy towering over him. Yes. That, and the, someone asked, Mommy, why does that man have two beards? Edward, over best objections, basically it's like this. He says, I'm going to call the police. And she goes, no. And then she realizes, wait, I can't let people know why I'm j- objecting to the police showing up. That's right. So she has to like just go, no. And then she stops. And he calls the police. But you know what? She should have thought, these are the ple- these are the Collins Park police who are basically mm-hmm. useless. Let them come. They're not going to do anything. At the call at the cottage, Jameson Jameson interrupts his mother's psychic phone call. Sorry, I have to uh, get to the next page here. The reason he interrupts her is that he is feverish. He's burning hot, as if his mother was some sort of fire spirit. His mother seems pleased with this, though. She's not like, okay. "Oh dear, you have a fever. Let's get." No, she's like, "Oh, my plan is working." Wahaha! Suddenly, the good old rubber bat. Appears at the cottage window. <laughs> this air squeak, 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 bouncing on a string. Sure. Literally bouncing on a string. Okay. And then Barnabas, thanks to the good old chroma key, materializes inside the cottage. There, he confronts Laura. He wants, he, he knows that she's bad and he, she, he knows that she is up to no good with Jameson. And over her protests, he demands that she hand Jameson over to him. She attacks Barnabas. But Jameson appears in great distress. And Barnabas scoops him up and rushes from the cottage. Laura vows at the door, shaking her fist, perhaps shaking her fist metaphorically. She says, I will get my revenge before the night is ended. That's the end of that episode. The next episode. What's that? That's good. That's a good cliffhanger, yeah. Yeah. Barnabas has returned Jameson to Collinwood. And so we know this because they tell us that. Because Laura appears to quickly recap yesterday's events and repeat her threat of revenge. Time to change the page. She walked into the woods killing bats. <laughs> Beth returns from upstairs to inform Laura that she is not allowed to see Jameson. And also, not allowed in the house. And would she please oh, leave? Okay. Uh, she has been instructed to lock the door when Laura leaves, she tells her. But Laura refuses to leave. She instead speculates about Barnabas to Beth before ordering her out of the drawing room. So she's already starting to think that Barnabas is not strictly human, much like herself. Because a fire spirit knows a vampire when she sees one. Oh, okay, great. Beth 
goes outside to see the sunrise and clasps her hands over in worry over Quentin. With Beth gone, Laura prays to Ra <laughs> to help her destroy Barnabas. Ra doesn't get a lot of praying. He doesn't, but he does in this show. He gets a lot of, well, it's more like, it's not, so, it's, yeah, it's not like contemplative prayer or anything. She's, she's basically like, you know, doing some sort of like, what do you call it? Prayers of, anyway, she wants stuff from Ra. Ra's like, can't you just like use me to like meditate? Do I, every time you call me, I have to give you something? Yeah. Also, by the way, you never asked me anything like sun related. <laughs> like, give me a nice tan. Okay. I can do that. I'm raw. Like, hey, make my plants grow. All right. That's raw business. Okay. Very good. <laughs> what do you uh, want? Oh, that's unrelated to me. Completely unrelated to me. Pisses me off. <laughs> One of your favorite names in the show appears. Dirk Wilkins. Nice. Is summoned. Private eye. And she makes him go and spy on Barnabas at the old house. Okay. He doesn't want to, but she makes him. Dirk. Barnabas is in the drawing room. He's not doing much. He's just standing by his fireplace. Um, I've lost my page. My page went very small. Uh, He's just standing by the fireplace. And, and, get this. Suddenly, the room erupts in fire all around him. And he's like, what's going on? But what he does is he he just dematerializes. And is gone. Oh, shit. But the problem is, though, is Dirk Wilkins is at the window, and he sees all this happen. Because the reason the room burst into flames, they're fake flames, but Barnabas couldn't know this because they were brought forth by Ra under the instructions of, of bossy Laura, who not only bosses Dirk around, but also bosses Ra around. Who's, <laughs> you think he's a god, but no, he's there putting flames in a room for, under her instructions. You're not the god of me. <laughs> Dirk reports back to Laura, and she demands... Because she's like, hmm, this fits with what I already think I know. She says that she demands that he return to the old house now that it's dawn. She makes that as a point, so you know where she's thinking. And search for any diaries or old letters he can find. So uh, Dirk uh, leaves, which is, you know, what he should do. Meanwhile, a disheveled Quentin returns to Collinwood. Yes, his clothes are in tatters. Totally shoveled. His bare-chested so the teenage girls can go, oh. <laughs> uh, he kind of sp- took what you could get back then. He's a handsome guy. Sure, he's a handsome Pete. He's a handsome guy, the actor who plays him, David, whatever his name is. David McChest. David McChesty. And, uh, but he hides when Dirk Wilkins leaves the, uh, hides from him. And then he attempts to climb the stairs, but he is in such a weakened state that he faints and falls back down them. Beth finds him. Fortunately, Beth finds him. And it's one of those shots where, like, the act- actress is obviously, like, waiting for the cue, but they cut the camera to her too quickly, so she's, like, just standing there. <laughs> and she's like, oh, got to go down the stairs. And uh, she finds him and helps him into the drawing room. Quentin questions Beth because he knows that she knows what's going on because she was there when he had his episode, and they can't remember what happened after that. Okay. He's like, I know that you know. Why won't you tell me? And so she basically tells him, the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help him raw <laughs> and they are interrupted by laura coming to the door it's a good scene though because quentin is like he's like realizes he's a monster and he's like what kind of monster am i like who did i kill last night he asked her mm. and she's you didn't kill anyone he says, how do you know like how do you know look at my hands how do you know what i did right and so he's really like and then she's like it's not you you're not doing this it's the curse right and he's like, "That's right. I'm gonna go kill. I'm gonna go kill the the the, the gypsy." 
then you will be a murderer. Yeah, that's right. Then you are a monster. Why is this your first go-to? You already yeah. killed someone. You killed her sister. It doesn't make sense. You know, anyway. That's why this has all happened, because you did murder someone. Uh, but they're interrupted by Laura coming to the door, and uh, Quentin escapes out a window. Make this a little smaller, and then I'm going to go to the next page. Just so everyone knows, I forgot my I forgot my notebook. Yeah. And so uh, Lisa was kind enough to take pictures of of my notebook for me and send them. And so I, that's basically I didn't know if uh, what time she'd be home and if we would get this into the show, but we did. We we yacked for hours as is our norm, and then uh, here it is. So anyway, Laura enters the drawing room, uh, and she just kind of goes in there and like gets the fire going and starts with her raw routine again. Raw, raw, Rasputin. Anyway, Dirk searches up. He's okay. We cut to Dirk. At the old house. And basically, this is how he, like, searches. He, like, sweeps his hand into this bunch of books on a bookshelf and just knocks them to the floor. And there he finds a latch. And it opens up a secret, <laughs> opens up a secret uh, door that reveals a secret room. Well, books are useful. And there he finds a memoir by Ben Stokes telling the secret story of Barnabas Collins. He brings it back to Laura. Unfortunately, Ben has not described the secret. So he said that something happened to Barnabas, but he doesn't say what it was specifically. Oh, okay. And he writes that the secret will go with him to his grave. And Laura decides right there and then that they should go visit Ben's grave. I don't think for good... for just, I don't think they're oh, bringing no. flowers. That's what I'm saying. There's a quick scene with Barnabas and Quentin talking, but it's quick. The reason that there is so we can get to the cemetery where Dirk has disinterred Ben's coffin. And upon opening the coffin, they actually do discover a book there that Ben has had buried with him, which we must assume contains the secret of Barnabas. Why he felt the need to, like, <laughs> bury himself with a book that reveals that his former friend was a va- vampire, I don't know. But as Laura pages through the book, excitedly looking for some sort of clue or to what Barnabas is, Barnabas suddenly appears behind them in the darkness and that's where this episode ends. Wow. Okay. That's an episode of Dork Exciting. Shadows. What's going to happen? I don't know. Will Laura get her revenge before yes. the night is over? Yes. We'll yes. see. We'll see. That's exactly what will happen. <laughs> okay. I like your, I like your uh, yeah. positivity. Yeah. I'm positive will happen. You're positive. So if you want to follow along uh, with David, what episode was that? Like number-wise? That was uh, well, that's a good question. Let me just uh, open Maybe my well, phone. I'll explain. My eyes are burning right now. Uh, so, uh, oh, what? Uh, yeah. So I'm just uh, trying to wipe my eyes. And uh, if it looked like I was, uh, you know, uh, looking on in disbelief, it was just burning eyes for that. <laughs> Doing all these big blinks. Could not believe it. Uh, so I think it's episode, episode, did I write down the episode? Episode. Okay, we start, uh, episode seven, episode 755. There we go. That's where we are now. Episode 756 is the next one. Thank you, everyone. So the uh, the mailbag has been dropped down for, by helicopter. As <laughs> Thank you for letting me know about it, Radar. <laughs> and, uh, and, and look, uh, last week on the show we asked a couple of questions and we're going to answer them right now. We talked a little Scrooge and uh, Christmas Carol and stuff, that kind of stuff. All the things we talked about are there uh, listed on the Sneaky Dragon webpage. But the question specifically we asked was, what do you like doing in the wintertime? Or for those who live in the upside down, that's not what uh, they call Australia. That's the Stranger Things. Yes, thing. it is. The summertime. It's upside down. Okay. Sub question of the week: What is your favorite Christmas or holiday album? Bum, 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 bum. So we got. We probably asked that before. It was a boring, dumb, dumb, boring question. Could be. 
But I'm going to tell you, Louise uh, responded, and here's what she said. A Dickens of a correction. Oh, and I knew this, too. This drives me nuts. I think we've talked about this on the show. The Ghost of Christmas Present shows Scrooge that the Cratchits are having goose for dinner, but it's actually a prized turkey that's hanging in the poultry shop. Maybe the show shop owners used it as a curiosity to attract business, knowing it was too expensive for their usual customers. Maybe they planned to eat it themselves if it didn't sell. But yeah, you're right. It was turkey that Scrooge sent the, um, hey boy, uh, to go and get. Did you know that uh, North American turkeys are different than the turkey they would have eaten in England at that time period? Well, the accent, yes. And they came from Af- <laughs> the birds came from Africa. Oh. And they were called turkeys because they were uh, they came through Turkey. I didn't know. And that. So they they were imported from Turkey, so that they, they were given the name turkeys. Oh, why why are geese called geese? Uh, why are geese called geese? Because they're wild. Very good. Uh, Louise goes on to say, every winter I like to see the East Van Panto. It's zany and kid-friendly, but it also has scathing local political and pop culture references and song parodies, uh, like I did the last two Let's years. Let's call them mildly scathing. Like I did the last two years, I'll uh, watch the online version, even though they are uh, back-to-back, back-to-in-person performances. This time it's based on The Little Mermaid. Ariel is a human busker playing at New Brighton Park who falls for a mer-person. Sounds like this year's theme is not giving into despair, which is a timely message. Damn it, I love New Brighton Park. Now I have to see this. I don't have uh, a favorite Christmas album, but the first one I remember having at home was Nat King Cole's The Magic of Christmas with Children. And I think uh, I think she sent us a uh, uh, the cover of the album. Yes. I, I couldn't see it on my phone, but she did send, she did send something. Okay. From 1966. Uh, its front cover shows four white kids, but not Nat. Uh, 1966? Yep. Uh, Search reveals the album was produced for Safeway stores, which is probably where my mom got it. I wonder if they uh, thought some people might not buy it if a black singer was on the cover. Amongst the cheery songs and gentle carols was a cover of The Little Boy That Santa Santa Claus Forgot, about a kid who got no toys for Christmas. It ends, uh, I'm sorry for that laddie, he hasn't got a daddy. It was the first time I heard a sad Christmas song. That's even sadder than Joni Mitchell's River. How about an unmerry Christmas top five list? All right, that suggestion is going into Dave's noodle right now. Um, you know, you're saying like he didn't get any toys. So just cash? Okay. Well, I wonder if he recorded that album. He, were, he died in 1965. So that must have been like one of the very last things he ever recorded. It's interesting. Mm. I wonder if he died in a safe way. That's funny. Like at that time, uh, like my dad had... Um, the Little Drummer Boy album. It was a Little Drummer Boy album, but it was pretty, which was a pretty new song at the time. It was a very new song. Uh, it was like the Raycon of singers. And he got that from Firestone. Like he bought tire, I guess he bought winter tires and okay. he got that, he got that album. And then we also had my personal favorite Christmas album of all time, which was something else, which was an AM, AM sampler Christmas album that had like, you know, the roster of artists, you know, We Five and Sergio Mendes and the Tijuana Brass, et cetera. And that one was also a tire-related giveaway. Oh. So uh, obviously a popular way to spread the Christmas cheer in those days was to uh, have these records, these right. giveaways. I guess people were getting their uh, tires changed for the winter anyway. And yeah. There's a little something. Uh, Edward Dragansky responds to Louise saying, I remember hearing about that Nat King Cole album and others like it, where the cover didn't reveal the artist due to color. Damn shame. But I remember Cole fondly uh, this time of year. And I can uh, call finally this time of year, and I can see his smiling face singing uh, many a Christmas song. He was an outstanding singer, and I'm glad I grew up with his music. 
The saddest Christmas and unmerry thing I can remember was an early episode of Happy Days, where Fonzie is alone on Christmas at the garage he worked for. Richie sees him there eating a can of beans or something, and the Fonz is all alone. Richie invites him to the Cunningham home for Christmas, and if I'm not mistaken, maybe that's the first time Fonzie meets the Cunningham family? Discuss. I'm not sure. <laughs> I just I just feel sorry for a guy who's just eating a full can of beans and then has to go meet a bunch of people and, and sit around them and just keep that all in. That seems like a rough, <laughs> uh, gas-filled Christmas. So, um, just... Just to uh, so was the album called The Magic of Christmas? Is that what it was called? The Nut King Cole Let album. Let me tell you, uh, it was called yeah, The Magic of Christmas with Children. So that came out in 1960. So I guess that might have been this a... wasn't a reissue with a new cover uh, to uh, you know <laughs> whitewash uh, things. Yeah, I don't know. Let me just. Let me look at the actual. I mean, the other thing could be that Louise is a liar. Are you calling Louise a liar? I would never call Louise a liar, but this album does have two two very cute children who are as white as white can be, Mm -hmm. putting decorations on a tree. Okay, so you've looked at the picture that Louise sent you. Do you know how long the album is? What's that? You know how long the album is? Uh, Let's say uh, thirty-one minutes. Exactly. How do you know? I don't know. It's good. It's a good guess. It is (laughs) thirty-one minutes. It's great. I think like it was 30 minutes, you'd go like, what a ripoff. But you're like, eh, it's almost like into the next half hour. Oh, I always fine. think of album as being like 40 minutes. That's my idea of like how long a record is. So it's weird. Okay. I knew it had to be surprisingly short or you wouldn't bring it Yeah, up. that's true. All right. I'm now looking at the album cover myself. Yeah, those kids are adorable. <laughs> One looks like they're eating the uh, ribbon. They, they didn't ribbon. know. They didn't know what. They didn't know. They didn't know they were part of some sort of cover up. Do you think Nick and Cole had a TV show like. People knew he was black. Like it yeah. wasn't like a surprise. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, Nina, our third dragon, uh, writes and says, uh, "Minor correction, but an important one because I really like this song." In Muppets Christmas Carol, Statler and Waldorf aren't Jacob and Marley. They are Jacob Marley and Robert Marley. And the song they sing it goes, "Where Marley and Marley, boo." Uh, I added that, but that's how it goes. They should have had it with Statler as Jacob Marley and then Robert Morley as Robert Morley. I see. Then it'd be Marley and Morley. Should, well, write them a letter. From the future to the past. I try not to leave a correction without answering at least one question of the week. Thanks. So, my favorite holiday album is Almost a Full Moon by Hawksley Workman. I feel like I bought. I brought this up before. Yes. I don't know. Has, has, I think we've had this question before. Right, that's what. Good. That's what made me... Made me uh, shudder in disgrace. My, my I think they're at, they they withdrew one song from Muppets Christmas Carol, uh-huh. and they're uh, I think they're adding it back uh, to Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Which was like about a song like When Love Goes Away, and again, our third dragon could correct me on this, but it was like a, it was a song that was like really sad mm. and uh, cut, and then uh, I think it's put it back because nothing huh. goes away forever. Edward Dragansky uh, is back. He's not just commenting on letters. He's writing his own. And he says, seeing that December is still relatively mild in Texas, seriously, it's been in the mid-70s this past week. Yeah. 24 degrees to you guys. Uh, so <laughs> Thanks. We don't, so we don't really have any snow to play in. That in, is hot. Yeah, we didn't. We really, we really didn't have any snow to play in as kids. The Texas equivalent was to take uh, huge sheets of cardboard from boxes Spray them with Pam or some <laughs> nonstick spray and head for the highest hills we could find. The local highways uh, behind the field at the end of my neighborhood provided some insanely steep hills. <laughs> the hills uh, 
uh, were made to support the high levels where the intersecting highways inclined and crossed high over one another where now and were now dry, dead grass. The grass was loose from a deep mowing and were like straw, which provided a slick surface for the cardboard sleds. Mind you, we weren't flying into traffic from the highway, just using the dry, grassy hills to sled away from the traffic. Uh, they emptied onto a huge field, so it was completely safe, but exhausting after a dozen or so hikes up the hill. It was called grass sledding, and sometimes we'd uh, leave the cardboard for anyone else who came along after we made an afternoon of it. So that's pretty much a redneck winter activity here in Texas. <laughs> I'd like to see an ad for Pam, where they, where they uh, show the kids doing that. Yeah. Um, let it be known that uh, if we did get any snow or ice, which was rare, uh, we headed for the same hills with real sleds and made snow ramps that launched us high in the air. We were like evil Knievels flying down those hills to our childhood death. It's a wonder we didn't rip, mangle, or break anything other than the cardboard. Uh, my family had so many Christmas albums growing up, and we listened to them heavily on the old family stereo, the kind where you could stack them uh, with the arm to hold them in order. Uh, we had Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, Elvis Presley, Andy Williams, and Perry Como. Real traditional stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, these were uh, great and created long-lasting memories, but nothing beats Christmas in Sean's ears. I'll explain. Please do. <laughs> I know I've told this uh, story before, maybe on Listening Party, but I lost my close friend Sean in 2016, and we used to make each other gifts instead of buying them for each other. One year, uh, we recorded our favorite Christmas songs on a mixtape and gave those to each other. Sean's tape was called, titled, uh, I should say that it's Xmas. Uh, but Christmas in Sean's ears because he went everywhere with headphones on. I still have the cassette, and it helps me remember him fondly since he died the week before Christmas. So I get it out uh, along with the tape deck so I can hear it. This year, I'll either recreate the mix by finding the MP3s and assemble it digitally, or use a device that I have that transfers tapes to MP3s so I can have Sean's original music. Sorry for the long story. That's totally fine. But that's by far my favorite Christmas album or uh, mix. I mix. Uh, I miss Sean so much this time of year, but I always have this little creation of his during the holidays. That's nice. Another photo. Here's a photo of Sean's original Christmas and Shan Sean's ears mixtape. Dave will get a kick out of this, so you can see all the songs listed. Oh, I'll have right, to take a look. Let's see what the songs are. I'm kind of curious. Maybe I can uh, do a quick read of the songs that are listed if my computer goes. Uh, oh boy. Okay, let's see. Um, so, uh, Bach, uh, Jizu, Joy of Man's Desiring, Sting, Gabriel's Message. Okay. Uh, I don't know what this next one is. Oh, Holy Night. Uh, I can't read these. These are too small for me. I'm oh, really? sorry. Yeah. Do you have them in front of you? Let me see if I can see in the, in the okay. comments here. It's comments. It. You didn't read your comment. What's that? Did you read your comment? What, what comment? Oh, no, I didn't. I just said uh, it checks out. Uh, that was um, the third dragon's uh, comment tonight. I'll make put it. Up, uh, put up a video. I'll of, make it uh, bigger. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. Bach, Jesu, Joy of Man's Desiring. Beau Soleil, Oh Holy Night, The Roaches. We've talked about them before. Adeste Fideles, David Bowie and Bing Crosby, Peace on Earth, Little Drummer Boy. Sean was ahead. Well, yeah, I think he was a little ahead of the tr the trend of remembering that song and celebrating it mm -hmm. because uh, I remember watching that actual special as a kid. Oh, do you? 
Yeah, yeah. Like Bing, the idea, the idea of the show is that Bing Crosby has uh, rented a house in England, mm -hmm. and David Bowie is his neighbor, and so then David Bowie. Amongst other people, like there's some like comedy relief and stuff like that. But what, right. but then David Bowie comes over as like a, like a visiting, and they did the song together. Oh, nice! It's a beautiful song. Um, Patrick Gowers, Sherlock Holmes, Christmas. Even Evan Evan Dando from the what was the group that he was in? I can't remember now. Silent Night, mm -hmm. Brave Combo, Ave Maria, Victoria Williams. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. And then I think on the back of that one, there is Pat Benatar, please come home for Christmas. And then Band-Aid, do they know it's Christmas? Which is an odd choice. Uh, Apollo 100, Joy, which is basically, isn't that basically just Jesse Joy's of Man's Desiring, but then as a rock song? Anyway, Bad Religion, Silent Night. John and Yoko, Happy Christmas, War is Over. Run DMC, Christmas in Hollis. Beausoleil again with God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. The Pogues with the classic fairy tale of New York. Should say Pogues with uh, uh, Christy uh, McCall. Paul recently, McCartney. Uh, recently used in uh, The Guardian's Christmas. Oh, really? I didn't, yeah. see, didn't see. Paul McCartney. Did they, did they bleep out a word? I don't know. I have to listen to it now. Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. Uh, and then they, they Might Be Giants with Santa's Beard. You two with Christmas, baby, please come home, and then Brave Combo reappear with the Christmas song, aka Chestnuts roasting in an open fire. But this is a ska version, okay, by them. So thank you for that, Ed. You can go on with your thanks. Uh, as a notable mention, I used to record all the Rankin Bass music from the Christmas specials. Oh yeah, to tape. I love the cool. Miser Brothers and the Winter Warlock songs from the Year Without a Santa Claus. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. Zoom. I have uh, I have a playlist uh, for my iPhone. I break out uh, this time every year of all the covers I could find of "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch." <laughs> and yes, even the Thurl Ravenscroft version, of course. Uh, it's great. I get weird around the holidays, uh, but I like it. Uh, celebrate being yourself and weird this year, my fellow sneakers. <laughs> it's the greatest gift you can give yourself. Bon Natal. Very uh, nice. Thank you, Ed. And Louise responds. Oh, that's nice. She's responding to him. He responds. Everyone responds yeah. to each other. It's very nice. friendly. She goes, mm. I looked at the mixtape label and wondered what the Patrick uh, Gower's Sherlock Holmes Christmas tune was all <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, that made me curious, too. So I did some detective work oh. and found out uh, it was from The Blue Carbuncle, a 1984 TV adaptation. So I watched it on YouTube. Quite an amusing Christmas set, Sherlock Holmes case, whose plot includes a gem, a hat, and a goose. Huh. Nice. I'll give it a watch myself. And uh, Edward replies, detective work, looking up the world's most famous detective. Great work. <laughs> uh, being that this tape was made in uh, 1995, and my friend Sean was a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, mostly Jeremy Brett, it's no wonder that made it onto the tape. It was uh, part of the fun making these. We'd find and share music from places uh, the other hand had no idea about. Uh, it's elementary, dear Louise. There we go. <laughs> well done. Very nice, everyone. Very nice. I watched a bit of the um, uh, Three Pines and uh, and, and liked it. It's a what is Three Mali Pines? Maliha uh, uh, mystery uh, thing. Oh. It's on Prime. Uh, who was Three Pines? Sorry, say again. Uh, Alfred Mal Malina? Malina. Oh, okay. Malina? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, 
and they did a scene that was kind of reminiscent of, uh, you know, where you would get everyone together in the library. Yes, the classic drawing room. I was like, how do you do that in modern day when people don't have that kind of thing? And it was a small town. And it was a, a meeting of almost everyone from the town at a book club meeting. It was at a bookstore. <laughs> okay. And it was like, aha, they found a way to do it. Yeah. So everyone was there and he was you know, kind of giving, giving them a little bit of the business. And it was <laughs> like, it's a very clever little uh, fun way of, uh, of, of modernizing this, this trope. What streaming service is that showing on, Ian? It is on Prime. Prime, I see. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, some people in my house are not the biggest fans because... It kind of mixes real events with fictional murder events, mm. and so uh, there's uh, we're 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 kind of on the fence of whether that's okay <laughs> yeah. or not. Uh, but we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, for questions for next uh, week, do you have one? Or oh no, I don't. Okay, let me ask you this then. Uh, uh, we were talking about you know liking to have money. Uh, who who wouldn't? Uh, money what, money. When if you had like a lot of money, like money, just came money, in. Money. What would be your first, now you got to get this specific, what would be your first selfish purchase? This isn't, I'm buying a house for my kids. Nope. This is the first selfish pers- purchase yeah. that you would be making for you and you alone. What would that purchase be? So this is your, you know, uh, fun one for you. And uh, another question uh, I, I kind of sprang to mind during the thing. Uh, what bores you? <laughs> Something that bores you it could be your work. Is it, could is it be Sneaky a, Dragon? Could be. It could be Sneaky Dragon. We might be shooting ourselves in the foot right there. <laughs> what is something that bores you? It could okay. be something other people find exciting. Maybe yeah. it's like uh, football, and I was like, "Woo!" Mm. And you're like, Ugh. Uh. Or you know, and it's not putting the thing down. It's just you specifically. It uh, yeah. bores you. Bores you. Yeah. So what bores you? And also, what is uh, if you got ended up with like a, a some sudden money? Uh, what's your first selfish, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, purchase? Because you've made the purchases for, you gave the money to charity, and you, you bought your family the things, yeah. and you did the good thing with the thing, and by the way, your money cured a disease. Fantastic. <laughs> you got a little leftover. Yeah. Your accountant goes, you got to spend it on yourself, and I'm like, all right, I will. And you got to spend it in the next hour. Oh, oh boy. you got to go spend it. So you spend it. What are you spending it on? A game right. of lawn darts. Sure, bring them back. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Yeah. Oh, what, because you, you discovered a cure for lawn dart injuries. <laughs> well, life life is so boring now that I'm just jaded. I need I need these oh, sort of thrills. Yeah, it's just it's so boring now. Nice. Okay, there you go. I've had all this money. It's uh, tired of it. How do they? Con- I need I need some constant work. Please do. Uh, how how do they contact us, Dave? Hey, wh- wh- uh, that's a good question. Do they go to the website called sneakydragon.com and there they might find. Uh, comment section they can leave a comment that's i think that's one way i'm not sure sure. also it's my first show i think you can go to email and email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com that's possible we might have a facebook page called sneaky dragon Mm -hmm. and also we might be on twitter at sneaky underscore dragon these are all guesses these are all possible ways i'm not sure anymore ways to get in touch with us here's one thing i know we have a Patreon page. You can go there, and if you enjoy the show, you can support the show. And that's also muy helpful. Muy is Spanish for very. True. So, folks, because I don't know what's happened, but uh, my Instagram account or Instagram reels list 
which uh, is now entirely populated by Spanish lessons. I don't know what don't know what happened. I mean, I enjoy Spanish lessons, I guess, but that's all I'm watching now. Yeah. It's like, how do you say, you know, how do you say I don't care in Spanish? And it's like, you say no dicen, some some word I can't think of what it is. I don't really know, but you know, and then they'll do like three different versions, and they'll be like, there, that's how you say it, and you're like, uh, thank you very much, Instagram reels. What happened to the girls with big boobs that I was watching only two months ago? I seem to, my algorithm's gone off. I don't know what happened. But anyway, that's life. All right, talk to your doctor. <laughs> hey, everyone. That's a good place to end it. Me as a big boob. Bye. Keep, keep it cool. And by the way, I quit. <laughs>